This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+, plus. rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that never doubted that we'd stuff the chickens 4-2 in the semi-final. Mm. Now, I can't recall a time that I've gone to Wembley with so much dread and trepidation. I can't recall playing Spurs with so much dread and trepidation. In short, I was shitting it. In the pub beforehand, the news that Conte had rested Costa and Hazard did nothing to calm my nerves. Had he thrown the match to prioritise the league? How can you do this against Spurs? But within four minutes, everything changed thanks to William's blinding free kick. He hates Tottenham, don't you know? And so do we. Whilst I would not say the result was never in doubt after that moment, somehow we knew that it was going to go all Spursy and we would be all right. Chelsea march on to another Wembley final and hopefully... Hopefully, the mental damage inflicted on Spurs will lead to a meltdown and end to their title challenge in the weeks to come. I am Stamford Chidge, and the name of tonight's show is the Chelsea Fancast. Cockblock. Tumbleweed. Disappointing. <laughs> That's all right, I'll forgive you all. And indeed, on the show tonight, I have the... Uh, I have the three people with me who are completely devoid of a sense of humour or are offended, or quite possibly both. Uh, I, I can't believe that of you of all people, Jonathan. How are you, dear boy? I'm fantastic, thanks, Judge. But how dare you? I mean, how very dare you? It's <laughs> how so very disgusting. dare you? <laughs> so disgusting. No, I think the problem is we've read the script, haven't we? So we chuckled earlier. Oh, of course. Early. I know, I know. I forget yeah, that. It. I forget uh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But well said, great title. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Love it. It's seen... Yeah. With such a steam were, company, the marvellous Seb and the brilliant Alex, well done, and you, of course, Chooch. Yes. There were so there were so many titles I could have chosen this week, but none of them were appropriate for broadcast. Uh, and then I stumbled upon that idea sometime today when I wrote the script. Well, there you go, um, Alex Churchill, the girl who likes balls. What's up, my man? 
What's up, my man? In it, love it. Good to see you down from the <laughs> North it, London fam. Massive. In it. Oh fam. God, I love you. I haven't seen you for ages, my love. It's so lovely to hear your dulcet tones. How are you? Uh, snotty, but snotty. ready to mock Spurs. Yeah, that's what we're doing. It's a mock, mock. It's a bit like mock the week, but we've changed the title to mock the Spurs. Careful, kids. I was going to. Never. For those of you, for those of you thinking I was going down another avenue, you're wrong. Mock the Spurs. <laughs> Uh, now, last but by no means least, a, a very fine, fine gentleman who I, I have not seen enough of this season, which is incredibly remiss. And of course, I'm going to entirely blame him for that. But Seb, Seb O'Mahony, football agent and a lovely bloke. How are you? Evening, evening everyone. Mitzvah. Yeah, where have you been, man? I've not seen you at all for a drink up or anything this season. It's terrible. What's been going on? Uh, like you say, with with work, it's it's busy, busy, busy. Especially this time of year, it's my sort of Christmas. So uh, football, Chelsea takes a back seat, whereas Championship and League One takes a precedent. So mm. yeah. Oh, yeah, we got you on the show. That's the main thing. Of course, the other thing is, uh, we did have you on the show uh, a while back, but um, you 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 had you had some work to do, so we couldn't get you on that night. So it's been a while since we've spoken, but it's lovely to have you in the house. It's lovely to see, of course, all of these lovely people from Mixler. Uh, we've got loads in the house actually tonight. Obviously, uh, beating Spurs in an FA Cup for semi final brings the best out of you all. Uh, we've got Dalabona's beautiful hair. J.P. McCrate, the lovely J.P. McCrate, Nicky Kulduff, that's some bloke called Tony Glover. Apparently, he's a smut buddy. Smut uh, we've got buddy. Si- smut buddy, yeah. My- Aussie sign my broken leg, King Drogba, Clario Finis. Uh, uh, loads of people. Bonnie Red Blues, who managed to get a ticket. He did go to the ball. Uh, I know that for a fact, I've seen the pictures. Loads of people. I can't read them all out because I'll be here all night. I, mean, I did mention, actually, before we went on, we've got Oscar from Sweden. Oscar runs Chelsea in Sweden, basically, and he's a top, top lad. I haven't seen him for ages. Far too many people I haven't seen for ages, which is always annoying. Anyway, on the show tonight, of all nights, uh, we're going to look at the massive gamble uh, by Antonio Conte and how it all paid off. Uh, in part two, we will applaud Hazard, a man on fire, whose contribution to big games is getting better and better. And we're going to, of course, we're going to discuss Matic's thunderbolt and say well done to Conte as an aside for winning the PFA Player of the Year award. Uh, in part three, uh, we're going to still talk about the Spurs game because there's just so much to talk about. Uh, we're going to discuss what I like to call Two Sevens Clash, which is a great, great old school reggae track. Uh, and the reason why I'll be calling that will be revealed. But basically, it's where Chelsea show their Wembley class and Spurs continue their losing streak at Wembley and semi-finals. Uh, We'll also ponder the question, will this loss uh, by Spurs cause significant psychological damage to their title challenge? I mean, all I can hope for is that they are psychologically even damaged for the rest of their lives. But uh, I'll settle for the next four weeks, if nothing else. Now, in part four, as tradition dictates, uh, we've got loads of emails from all over the world this week, uh, which is great. I mean, they are from all over the world. And JK's got his work cut out because there are five. So we might not be answering the questions too much. We might just be reading what... They have to say. Now, you lot out there, I've alluded to uh, the fact that there are many, many lovely people in uh, the wonderful world of Mixelar. Uh, do not forget, uh, you can listen to the show live every Monday at 7 o'clock by going to Mixelar, which is uh, mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea hyphen fancast. 
where you can join in the chat by posting on the live chat page. And of course, you can also tweet at Chelsea Fancast during the show to tell us what you think about the games and anything else on Chelsea. Oh, yes. Right. Uh, in a minute, we're going to be talking about beating Spurs. Never get tired of saying that. Right, um, yeah, I mean, mental, wasn't it? I mean, you know, uh, as, al- as always, you know, as tradition, as tradition dictates for the umpteenth time in the last ten or so years, uh, I found myself in a fabulous pub called the Victoria in Paddington, which is where me and my mob like to go before uh, a trip to Wembley. And I immediately confronted Pablo, who confronted me with the news that, um, you know, Costa and Hazard were both on the subs bench and not starting, which I have to say I was a mite perturbed by. Uh, I mean, you know, we've said this on the show so many times recently that, you know, basically Costa, even if he is, uh, you know, running a half half the man he normally is, is useful because he irritates people. And of course, Hazard is is without doubt our probably our one real uh, match winner and, and arguably our best player. So I, I will ask Jonathan to uh, to answer precisely this question. So listen to this very carefully, Jonathan. I shall ask it only once. Could you repeat your- it? To me, yes, I'm about to. Well, I haven't asked it yet. Um, did oh, your, did sorry, your, I missed that. Yes, you know, did your, did your? Uh, uh, well, I was going to be very rude, but I won't be rude. I was like, did, did this cause anxiety for you when you heard the uh, the news of the team? Well, uh, peculiar. We, we had debated last week on the show that um, uh, he yeah. might play the uh, the false nine, as it's strangely called, by not playing Costa at all. So it, it didn't it didn't sort of fill me with. Um, disbelief i didn't go if i was sitting on the train and there was a 12 year old boy next to me and uh, his dad then mentioned this fact to the uh, the packed carriage and the little boy said oh that's a very interesting i mean clearly um, um uh, of advanced years even though 12 because i asked him how old he was he said that will be very interesting he said to, he actually said to me what do you think will happen now do you think he's done it deliberately or do you think he's uh, it's tactical or perhaps he's uh, he's saving them for the southampton game and i thought bloody hell this is a bit good isn't it for for a 12 year old um but uh, i was i was a bit aghast um but um uh I, 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 then I thought about it and thought, well, actually, it's it's, it's probably very, it's probably a very good uh, thing to have done, depending on who he picks. And when he said that, when I discovered that it was Batshuayi, the man of uh, leaden feet and um, uh, um, diving gear for most of his uh, Chelsea career, I must admit I was uh, I was worried. So, but yeah. at the same time, I, I, this business about which he ultimately said. I was saving them for the Southampton game, as the little boy said as well. I don't really believe. I think on reflection, it was actually um, a brilliant, cunning plan. And uh, uh, because I mean, everything worked out superbly. I've read several articles saying uh, how um, it was a complete fluke and he was, in fact, saving them. But um, uh, no, I, I, I think he did, I think, absolutely wonderfully. But yeah, at the time, I, uh, I did slightly uh, uh, gurgle in disbelief because I thought he was going to play the... Uh, Played as the three of William. I thought William would get a game. I mean, we mentioned this last week, didn't we? 
So um, I hope that answers the question mm. without. I think too much John, Jonathan, you were you were you were brilliant. That was that was pitched perfectly. And one thing I'd like to pick up on, actually, I'll I'll, I'll include Seb in this actually because uh, he may have some juice on this, but. I'll be honest with JK and everybody. In fact, I, I, I did shit a brick when I saw that because I, I, my immediate prospect was, hang on a minute, what's going on? You can't rest players, you know. I mean, I know we're playing Southampton tomorrow, Tuesday, but you can't rest players in an FA Cup semi-final and not, certainly not against Spurs. It's like the, one of the Ten Commandments. You do not lose to Spurs if you're Chelsea. And I absolutely shat a brick. Uh, and, and I mean, okay, Bats, you are, yeah, we don't have much faith in him. But I mean, what I've heard since Seb is that he absolutely, without a doubt, was resting players for uh, Southampton. And, and, and in a sense, I think he was making a gamble. He kind of gambled that, you know, we would we would be good enough to beat Spurs. That was his gamble. But if we didn't, then he could focus on the league, in a sense. And actually, as it transpired, as we'll talk about for the rest of the show, it, it really worked out for us. And of course, he can now say he was brilliant. And I'll, I'll go with that because I love him. But Seb, do you think it was a, a big gamble? Um, I was a little bit surprised with Hazard being dropped. Because um, I did think he, he'd start because he is the best. Well, he's our best player. I think he's probably the Premier League's best player as well. So that was a bit of a surprise. But I'm not surprised with Costa. Um, and then I think everything you've read uh, you shouldn't always believe but there's always a hint of truth to it um, so I think I think the club have potentially made a decision on Costa and I think they're showing they're showing him who's who's in charge here really I, I think they may be looking to the future without him and maybe it okay, might not be Batshuayi but I think they're trying to it showed to the other players that they that that Conte is in charge and that the club won't uh, hold any prisoners to to who, their agents or whoever really. Mm. Well, I think you know I, I think that's a really good point actually, and I mean I, I think when it comes to Batshuayi, um, you know it should not be forgotten uh, for the benefit of Jonathan and myself that he did do a very sneaky little layoff to Pedro for the first goal. Um, I thought it was interesting and quite right in some respects that William got to take the penalty and, and had to grab the ball yeah, off Batshuayi and Conte, Conte demanded that. that. No, no, absolutely, mate. You, I'm so, you know, I, I get why I totally get why Batshuayi wanted to take it, and you know what? Fair play to him. You know, it takes balls to do that, and he was up for it. But you know, frankly, you know, this is a cup semi-final against Spurs, and you want your best uh, dead ball expert mm. to take it, and that is William. I mean, Alex, you know. It is interesting, isn't it, about the Batshuayi picking him ahead of him? I mean, you know, the gamble paid off per se, although, of course, Costa and Hazard had to come on in the second half. But, I mean, is there any hope for Batshuayi? I mean, he, he, I mean, he did okay, but, he, I mean, he, he, he looks like a man who needs games, to be fair, doesn't he? He does. Can I just say one thing on Hazard? You can. You can, you, you can say whatever you like. Little bit of sneaky inside stuff but I his hand was slightly forced with Hazard in terms of him not starting but um with regard to Batshuayi yes he needs games I've said it before that I think players have three stages don't they they have I'm on top of the world and this is the best I'm gonna get and they have sort of when you'd be the second striker and you'd be sort of working your way up and then you have 
babies essentially and whether it's right or wrong I still class Batshuayi as a bit of a baby to be honest I don't I think we all want him to be sort of the backup to Costa and the guy you can bring on to change a game but I don't think he's there yet and how much of that is because he's not going to make the grade and how much of that we should lay off him maybe because he's new to the country and everything and see what he's like next season I don't know I don't want to be too harsh on him but he was better than I expected on Saturday he did some he did some good sneaky little things that worked out well and he held the ball up well on occasion and no he's not he's not Costa at the moment and he's not he's not the kind of replacement you want for Costa but if Costa's being a dick which I absolutely think is why he didn't start um then I think he he did a job for us and I'm not going to have a go at him yeah, what fair was enough. the reason I mean, that Hazard didn't play then? You didn't. You, you teased us by saying. I did. I reason. forgot that. Yeah. What well I'm well, joking. You didn't, then you didn't. You didn't tell us. Come on. Not. Not a hundred hundred percent fit. A niggle. Oh. Okay. Yeah. You see now. Not, now we know that. You know when. You know when players. Uh, see. I knew this team like 24 hours before and couldn't say anything, but it's like. So I had a whole. I had a whole evening to go full nappy shitter as tony glover would say but um it made sense to me in my head why you would drop costa because costa deserved to be dropped it was a big risk i think it was a gamble and i think i I, i'll go back to that in a second but i knew that hazard wasn't starting and i knew why so i wasn't really like all this stuff like i came home and watched the highlights and watched everybody going nuts on the bbc coverage about hazard being dropped (laughs) it was quite amusing because in my head, if what I have heard is true and that he did have a tiny, tiny niggle or he's not quite capable at the moment of playing three games in a week, which we're going to want him for this week, then it made sense to me to put him on the bench. Absolutely. I'll tell you what, Alex, Alex, that, that absolutely puts it in a completely different light. And, you know, you can understand why, why Conte made that decision. Now, there was another decision which he really he really didn't have any... Well, he, he had choice, obviously, in terms of, you know, who he brought in. Um, but he he chose to play Ake instead of Zuma, um, yeah. and you know Ake is one of your babies, as you would say, Alex. But J.K. I mean, we've we've talked about Ake, and we we were what we spent all last show wondering why he hadn't got picked. He did get picked, and I think he put in a cracking performance, mate. I've got to say, yeah, he was great, wasn't he? Um, he was. Other than, other than the um, uh, than the Keith, uh, Kane's great header, it was a great goal. I mean, my mm. goodness me! But do you oh, know what? I, on match of the day, mate. That, on match yeah. of the day, I actually. Do you know what? I had that lovely thing that you can do occasionally. I, I sat. I got home from London yesterday, back to Winchester, in an absolute state. I mean, I could hardly move. <laughs> and do you know what I did? I found. I found the entire match on iPlayer, and I thought, oh, jolly good. I sat down and watched the whole match again. It was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, ma- match of the day. They were all saying Lamps, Shearer. They were saying, look, there's nothing that Ake could have done about that. He was in the right position. It was just a superb goal by Harry Kane, mate. It was. It was. No, I read. I read a couple of articles saying that he could have been positionally a bit better. But yeah, yeah, it was. I, th- I think also it, it, it's because of his youth. He was a, a, a nat naive. He should have perhaps gone for the ball. He just. He just thought Kane was going to control it rather than mm. stoop header. But no, it was brilliant. I mean, Ericsson is a class act. Bloody hell! You you yeah, watch them. They've, board, got some, they've got some fantastic players. Yeah. Um, uh, at the moment, I just love the fact they have this 
supposed divine right because they keep going on about how they're the best <laughs> teacher. <laughs> <laughs> I even read, I even read that um, uh, 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 the BBC Sport uh, um, had all the goals up, and I looked, and everybody's allowed to comment. If you, I think you have to join a club or something to comment, so you're not, you're not them rude. But they just kept saying, um, uh, we we take away from this game that we are the best team in the league, and uh, at least the bet that we know that we've got the best players and we're the best team. And you get, yeah, but you can't be the best team because you lost and you can't be the best. You're, you're going to lose the league. So how can you be the best team? And, and then they go, yeah, well, player for player, we're the best team. Well, you can't be the best team. It doesn't work. And then they way. resort to we're more popular than you and people like us more than you. Yeah, well, that's that's also quoted, bullshit. Somebody, somebody quoted, um, how, can you, how can you be a proper team when in 1994 against Coventry, only 8,000 people turned up for the game at home? And you, what, what what world are they living in? The fact that they get hold of you plastic. This was written as well. You think they get hold of a piece of information that, you know, I've just, I mean, what? I don't think, if, you know, if it's true. Well, How can so you what? be a proper team? How can you be a proper team in London if you've never had uh, more than 100,000 people in your stadium? Indeed, indeed. indeed. I just, it's just all, I've got one for you as well. Until a couple of years ago, at least, if it's not still there, on their website, they still list on their honours. How can you be a proper team if you're listing the East Anglian Hospital Cup as one of your <laughs> historical <laughs> honours? Something like that, where they beat Ipswich 4-0 in this bumpkin tournament in deepest Norfolk in 1965. Yeah, you're a big club, OK. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's laughable, isn't it? Um, but I'll tell you what, actually, I'm glad Jonathan, brilliantly, actually, Jonathan's clearly on fire tonight. He segued perfectly into what we wanted to talk about, Seb. Um, I mean, it, it was absolute nonsense, wasn't it? Because all this rubbish about Spurs played better and they deserved to win. I mean, my, my take on it, Seb, was that they were never ahead during the game. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll accept absolute. I mean, they conceded four goals, and as Frank Lampard beautifully put to that idiot Jermaine Penis, sorry, Genus, um, that you know that um, that if you score four goals and the other side get two, it usually means you've played better and you won the game. But I, I will accept. I will absolutely accept that we were absolutely under pressure and under the cosh after they equalised. But you know, this is I'm, I'm, you know Seb knows his football, so I really want to pick your brains about this, mate. It's been a, a, a very kind of subtle and underlying narrative recently from some of the really good pundits that actually this is what Chelsea do. What Chelsea do without the ball is far better than a lot of sides do with the ball. So they will do exactly what we did yesterday or Saturday. We soak, will soak up the pressure, soak up the pressure, soak up the pressure, and then strike like a bloody cobra. And that's what we did. And I got this feeling actually on a, after a bit of five pints afterwards reflection that actually we actually they weren't the better team. We rope doped them. We made them look like the mugs they are, mate. Yeah, they, they, we 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 just have a winning mentality over the last what fifteen years, even more. It's 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 ingrained in the in the, within the club now. Um, yeah, Spurs are a great team. They've got great players, but like they said on on TV, until Spurs win something, and although Pochettino is a great manager and everything, until he wins something, it's all hype. Unfortunately, it, no no one goes. Oh well, Spurs played a great semi-final. No one remembers the semi-final. But you only remember the winner. It's not even the losing finalist. It's it's whose names on the on the cup. Um, mm. I just think with Chelsea, it's it's, 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 it's a never die attitude. Um, whether that changes when people like JT go, that's why I'm sure we'll come on to it later. But 
it's important that we have those sort of players move into into the backroom staff eventually. So it's it's always going to be there because um, I, th- I think it, I think it's, it's really important. But yeah, Spurs, Spurs are a great team. Um, but it makes it even sweeter that we beat yeah, them when it's, it? when 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 they're, when they're allegedly at their best. For the last well, I mean, what, somebody years. put it on. Yeah, somebody put that on Twitter, didn't they, uh, on Saturday? That you know, this is the best Tottenham team in fifty years, and there is no doubt it is. Uh, and, and yet, we still beat them four-two when it really counts. And I think actually, you know, what you were saying about. I mean, I think actually the days of the of the, the, the huge rock-solid never day, say die spine of that Chelsea team really really have gone, and it's just delightful to see a, a new team in many respects you know, cast out of the same granite. I mean, you know, players like Lou I mean, you know, Louise, immense absolutely immense, immense on Saturday. And Wonderful. you know he gets it, he gets it, doesn't he? Aspie got the the armband. He was immense. William when he was on and playing, I thought was brilliant. Matic, hugely underrated. I mean, and he can Aki. look like an. Well, I've said Aki, but I mean, you know, mm. Matic can look like can look like an awful player for ninety minutes. But, and I know that you know I hate stats and stuff. But you look at the tackles he puts in and the, and the, and the play that he breaks up. You need players like Matic. But I just thought collectively that was massive for us on Saturday to, you know, to to to, to be in a really tough match. You know, and I really felt in many respects that we were slightly underdogs going into that. And and we 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 absolutely rope a dope them, mate. And four two did not flatter us, did it at all, J.K. Oh no, 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 no. I thought, but also how how brilliant that the three players that he brought on um, uh, mm. made it work because it it made him look actually as um, made Conte look as if he was you know technically utterly superior to uh, to Pochettino. I, Incidentally, he's had eight eight years now, hasn't he, without winning anything? I, I think. think that- Sorry, say Seb. Yeah, I, I think I think the big difference is that we can bring on Hazard, Costa, and Fabregas. If you look at Spurs' bench, yeah, and and do do whatever his name George, was, George, George Kevin and Kudu. He's a good, who? Good who? Player, George he Kevin. came who? on and everyone went, "Who's that?" Yeah, he, no. he look. He's he, in France. He's a good player, but for Spurs, it's, it's, it's to be fair, it's difficult to get into Spurs' eleven. After that, it's it is. Uh, it is not the same levels there. First eleven, so that that's, that was the big mm. difference. We, we it was because we because bring some on players like that because Fabregas provided the pass for Matic, didn't didn't he? It was uh, it was a lovely little move. They look they they look really classy for that just for that goal for Matic's yeah. goal. And then Matic's goal itself was completely mm-hmm. absolutely superb. Though apparently, but I think I think John, Jonathan, Jonathan, Jonathan yeah, sorry yeah, sorry go, sorry sorry later. mate. I was going to say he sorry, scored mate. a better goal. He said he scored a better goal for Benfica against Porto, yeah. which you can actually, you can actually see on the internet. Apparently, so. I was just I was just going to say sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, mate. But I, I, no, I was no, just no, going to no. say the, one of the interesting things about you know kind of bringing us back to where we started with this little chat, kind of before we run into the break, was that um, in a sense one of the clever one of the clever things about uh, uh, Conte's uh, lineup and selection was the fact that if you're Tottenham. And you you go one nil down, and it gets back to one all. Then you go two one down, and you get back to two two. But in your head, you still know that you've got two, uh, you know, Chelsea's two best players, arguably, to come on. I mean, that and must Fabregas. have it and must Fabregas have an impact well. on you. Yeah, yeah. and Fabregas yeah. as well. Yeah, interesting stuff. Yeah, no, Listen, guys, we got, got. Sorry, go on. Make make the point. Make, make the okay. point, and then we got to go no, no, to the no, break. No. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say that that um, that. Uh, when they came on and played so well, it must absolutely have, have 
of I mean they, they must have been absolutely in despair because they were fresh and they hadn't they hadn't succeeded against against us to score the third goal. Don't and forget as well that for the first fifteen minutes they didn't know what to do with themselves because they were baffled by our team selection. They spent yeah, the whole preparing for something else if and they just imagine, ran around like headless chickens. Absolutely. If you imagine they'd set up to give Costa a hard time, as and every other every, every other team has has, uh, has done, and to kick Hazard mm. Hazard. If those were two of their ploys, they're immediately taken out of their hands. That's why I thought it was actually he goes on about the fact he was saving them. But I really and you say they were injured. I felt that that it, it completely played into our hands because then you also get a fresh hazard coming on who was brilliant. And uh, and, and they have you know, if their plan has been to to cope with, with Costa by by winding him up so he plays as badly as he has all uh, since the uh, since the Chinese um, possibility of him going to play there and th- and also and hazard you just spend ages fouling which is what they did before and neither of them's on the pitch and then they come on later and they you're a scrambled bit- walker on to kick hazard up and down didn't they, did. They? they did anyway listen yeah. listen you horrible lot um talking of hazard after the break we will applaud the fine man i, I do believe he is a man on fire at the moment and uh, and of course, his contribution to the big games is getting better and better. And I, I've got some great stats that will validate that. Um, and and I think we absolutely have got to get our teeth sunk well and truly into one of the most awesome bloody strikes I have ever seen. And I I, I mean that seriously. It was absolutely unbelievable. The old Matic Thunderbolt. Um, and I think we should give a nod to uh, Mr. Kante, who we, we, we seldom uh, mention effusively. And yet, of course, he's just won the PFA Player of the Year Award and wonderfully deserved it was too. Uh, we will be back in your ear rolls in a second. The only place for Chelsea fans. Footballfancast.com Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chels. Okay, welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge, and you, of course, are listening to the Chelsea Fancast. And uh, what a great night to be doing a podcast about Chelsea uh, a mere two days after we've duffed up Spurs winning 4-2 in an FA Cup semi-final. Uh, there was a moment in the match uh, after Matic walloped that ball and I was uh, shouting almost like a rabid scouser, we want five, we want five. Uh, and I did get a few people around me starting that up as a chant, but I think it wasn't being selfish. Um, you know, I've seen us knock five past them in a semi-final before. Why not again? Anyway, joining me on this joyous occasion are the lovely, wonderful, cultured, I said, I said cultured, uh, Jonathan Kidd. Why? <laughs> <laughs> I did wonder what you'd said, Chidge. I thought it began. I know. Well, I, I, I'm, 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 che- I, I'm chewing my my nicotine chewing gum, and uh, I was aware of the fact that my enunciation wasn't quite as pristine as it usually is, and I just wanted to make okay. that abundantly clear. Uh, great to have you on the show, as always, mate. Uh, we've also got the lovely, 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 lovely. The girl who likes balls, Ms. Alex Churchill, who was lovely. Did I say lovely I'm enough? Laughing my head off at the chat room because everyone's taking the piss out of you asking Jonathan if he needs a pee. Like you're <laughs> know, his care worker. I know. Or well, I am a bit, aren't I? I know. Oh, bless his heart. Leave him alone. Lovely old boy that he is. Anyway, um, right, finally, of course, a man of sense and reason and a damn fine man he is too. The lovely Seb O'Mahony, who we don't have on this podcast enough, do we, Seb? 
No, unfortunately not often as it used to be. That's right. Well, I see Sepp was, Sepp was kind of there in the uh, in the in what I, I suppose what you know. Well, Putney, the Putney days. Well, you were there in the Putney days, exactly. I was going to yeah. say when they look back on the annals of time at this great show when it's long past gone and past its sell by date, and I'm pushing up daisies, they'll say, "Oh yes, yes, that was the kind of the second phase of the fan cast when they stopped getting drunk right after the game." And they got intelligent people to do it on a Monday night, like Seb. They'll say, "They'll say, yes, Seb. He was really intelligent, whereas the others were just drunk." So there you go. You'll you'll, you'll go down in this quite well, Seb, unless I destroy your reputation in the next uh, one, one one and a half hours. Uh, the oh, night God. is still young, <laughs> of course. Right now, let's get let's talk more about the football because uh, I'm prattling on as I tend to do. Um, hello to people in Mixler, by the way. I'm reading your posts. They're all very funny. Keep it up. Uh, right um, now. A little bit of kind of hygiene, really, because there are a few kind of controversial issues that I'd like to uh, to just whinny on about for a minute. I mean, the first one really is the is the is the Moses penalty. Um, I actually, I'll, I'll be really honest with you. This is an awful confession to make, but um, at one all, I, I did start getting quite agitated <laughs> and quite worried, and just not being able to really bear it. Uh, and and I was dying for a piss because I got in there quite late. You know, we got in there before kickoff, but you know, not enough time to have a piss. So I thought, right, I'm going to go and have a pee. And what? And after I had a pee, I thought, actually, do you know what? Now I'm out here. I might as well have some food because I hadn't actually eaten for about five hours. So I'm, I'm sitting there munching a burger, and I bumped into a lovely chap, actually, a lovely chap called Ian, who came. In fact, actually, I, I was going to mention this later on in the show, but I'll mention it now. Why not? One of the lovely things about Saturday was bumping into so many people who who were coming up to me saying, "Oh, you're Stamford Chidge, aren't you? I listened to the podcast. I've been listening to it for that long, and it's really nice to meet you." And or oh, I met you in this pub years ago. It's re- just lovely. It's just what such a wonderful communal and humbling experience when when that happens. And anyway, this lad called Ian who reminded me that he had met me in the Hand and Flower on the night of the Barcelona semi final when it went a bit mental. And I think I remember when I met him. It was probably when I was sent out of the pub by my mates because I was just losing my shit. Uh, <coughs> Terry, had ju- Terry had just been sent off and I was just losing it. So I, I got sent out to go and calm down and have a fag. And I think that's where I met Ian. And just as we were wandering back in was when Ramirez scored and beer hit the ceiling. Anyway, I digress. Um, for, this, for these reasons, this is why I missed uh, Moses getting scythed down. I mean, I managed to run up and see William convert the penalty. But um, I don't really know, therefore, if it was a penalty or not. Although I did see it on Match of the Day. And, you know, uh, he gave, uh, you know, Son gave the referee a decision to make, didn't he, Jonathan, at the end of the day? I actually didn't. Um, I couldn't see it from where we were. No, um, we were by the corner flag um, uh, uh, H section. So I just saw. I saw that it was a penalty, and um, it was a good move actually. And Moses had a good game um, as he's done most of the season actually, and uh, it was a good run into the area. But yeah, but uh, looking back at it, Son should never have gone down. That was the big thing everybody said. And you know, it's that thing of, of they always say, "Oh, he took advantage of it." But it looked to me as if he'd been. He'd been side down, and interesting enough, I saw after the 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 incident. All I saw was the referee not giving it, and then uh, and then I saw the um, the linesman flagging. So obviously the linesman saw it from his angle. He thought it was a penalty, but they do that thing of slowing it down on the box, don't they? So frequently that you think, oh God, I can't tell now because it now looks as if perhaps as Moses has actually you know as 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 kicked the trailing leg. But I thought it was a penalty, you know. So um, yeah. Um, yeah, well, I mean, it looked. If you're going to, there, their big thing wasn't it? The players, you don't do that. It was a mistake that um, 
Pochettino. He got he got he got pilloried. He got pilloried for it by all of the pundits uh, on on the BBC's coverage. Yeah. And then at half time, they talked to the wonderful Rudy Rudy. Uh, Rude Hullet with this very nice Scottish presenter with a very sexy leather skirt. Yes, I very have to say. attractive. I know that sounds yeah. a bit pervy <laughs> to say that, but I looked but her up did... on the on way <laughs> steady on hey. JK. Hey. Follower on Twitter, and I couldn't yeah. find. I didn't know what her first name was. Barber well, was her second name, wasn't it? Ali Barber. Well, was that Ali, Ali Barber in the, the twenty <laughs> <laughs> uh, At this point, I need to interject with not a commercial, but a warning for for anybody under the age of eighteen listening to Jonathan K. Uh, basically, I'm afraid Jonathan has been eating magic mushrooms again. Okay, apologies here from the Chelsea fan cast. But no, mate. I mean, in all seriousness, she she was quite nice. I liked her. But anyway, Rube, Rube was saying that as well. I mean, Rube was saying uh, that, that 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 he should never have dived in like that, and he's an idiot. So I think 100% cast iron and penalty, even if there was minimal contact. Son, you're an idiot. Spurs, your mugs. Uh, we've established this many times tonight, and we will continue to do so. Talking of which, uh, Alex. Um, that Larice handball outside the area. I mean, the funny thing was, I was like up in the gods, Alex, and and I was screaming that it was a handball and he should be sent off. And of course, you know, I couldn't even see the ball, but I was still convinced it was over the line. And I'm delighted to say that when I actually saw it on the telly, as always, I was proved right. Mm. Oh, what? A, he's just a bellend, though. He does. Like, I think I said in the blog <laughs> that he does, and like an epic brain fart in every game. He'll do something where you just think, "What are you doing?" And that was it. And had we not, my my mum texted me. She watched the whole thing live. Why didn't we get anything for that? And I said because we just had a penalty, and it's not a, a valid reason. But that's the reason they didn't get well, it. I think you. I think I think you're right there, Alex. I really but I, do. I'm not going to say anything bad about Martin Atkinson because, according to my football dad, we now have we've still never lost a game when he was wow. in charge. Apparently, so you, you know, I'll, you, I'll you forgive know, you, him. The second you, half. You know what? Yeah, I mean it's. It's interesting that because I hate all referees on principle, mm. but uh, I, I, it's interesting that I've seen a lot of uh, uh, Spursy Twitter traffic, all of them before the game, actually, let alone uh, during and after, going on about, uh, oh, it's Atkinson, the referee, we'll get nothing from him, he loves Chelsea and all this. And I'm thinking, what? No referees love Chelsea. Are you mad? Um, no, he's a anyway, referee who's not complete shit. Yeah, well, that's, that's, I don't know about I'm that. I'm a fan of Oliver. I've become a fan of Oliver since the Herrera yeah. set up. Looks yeah, like yeah. The cup final there. Uh, Ref. By the way, I'd just like to say the instance going back onto refs. How on earth the linesman did not see Loris's handball is utterly beyond me. He was absolutely in line and with the edge of the penalty area. And wh- what? I mean, you know, I just All I'm going to say is we won in the end and it could have been worse. We could have had the complete fools that were in charge of the uh, other semi-final and didn't know their arse from their elbow. They were unbelievable, but let's not talk about them. Yeah, Seb, Seb, Seb. I just want to very quickly talk about um, was that um, a stamp by Deli Alley on Louise? I'll be honest with you, I'm inclined to say no because unless he's that snide, he managed to do it without looking at him. But I, I, I'm not convinced. But what do you think? I mean, I did uh, in live. I didn't even know he. No, me neither. It, it didn't say. It. I thought it was just coming together and Louise had injured himself. So yeah, I've seen it back. No, there's nothing in it. I know he does have a little. Nasty streak, which is it's good in it's good in some cases, but I know he's had a few. Uh, the game was a game called Gen. I can't remember which one it was, where he got red carded at Wembley as well. Actually, uh, no, there was there was nothing in it, but 
it's 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 part of his game. It's it's, it's good to have, but yeah. It's yeah. Not, well, I mean, if it was Chelsea, see, we would probably see, be saying no, he didn't. Me. Everyone says, me. oh, it's a nice bit of his game. It's a good thing to be. If that was a Chelsea player and not a Tottenham player, he'd get the Costa treatment in the media. But because it's Ali, they sit there in the post-match analysis, going, oh, well, yeah, it's possible he did it on purpose, but we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I agree. I also think, can I just say that I think that um, my experience is when you accidentally step on somebody, you apologise to them. And uh, he, he knew what he'd done. He knew he'd stepped right. on his leg. And uh, and I think he did it uh, absolutely purpo- purposely. And, yeah. um, uh, uh, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't need to be looking. He knows the blokes at his feet. If you, what you normally do is you jump to avoid that that's what it, when you know i'm not comparing myself with a professional football every time i've played football you don't want to actually stamp on an opponent so you jump I, over I, them i think i, I think I, I th- so hang on a minute hang on a minute hey, oh, hey, oh, hey, hang on a minute i think one thing i would say is that you know technically if you're going to stamp on somebody at football there needs to be you know deliberate downward move a stamp you know a downward stamp whereas i think the, the difference is, is that ali trod on uh, louise now it might be just as bad in some books but I don't think you can call that a deliberate stamp. Sorry, Alex, no, go think, on. I, no, I'm not saying it was, I think rather than a deliberate stamp, I think it was a my foot might end up on him and I don't really care as opposed yeah. to a deliberate I'm going to stamp on you. Like Jonathan says, you know the guys at your feet and I think it was more of a if I get you, oh well, than a I'm deliberately going to go for your ankle. There wasn't a straight leg. Which is where you sort of, if you're going to stamp someone, you have to sort of go with a straight leg. No, I'm not. I'm um, not suggesting that he he deliberately stamped. I'm saying that all he did was he just carried on running and yeah. and, yeah. and it ended up on his leg, which is still bloody painful for goodness sake because you're running and it's your full weight on it. I just think it was really subtle and uh, and completely uh, meant. And like you said, you apologise, don't you? Yeah. You do if you mm-hmm. go for contact with somebody. You talk to them and say sorry, mate. You do that or, or do that thing of grabbing them or patting them on the head. You do just carry run off into the distance leaving them lying on the ground that's just that's well you know, i, I jonathan J- jonathan i have to say i have to say that the the voice uh, the, the vote of the people is on your side in mixler they're mm. they're very much agreeing with you and the other thing actually somebody uh pointed out on mixler i forget who it was now but um i forgot to put it up in the script but uh talking about martin atkinson again actually and what was very pleasing uh and i remember thinking this at the time actually in that second half after after they equalized they started rolling around like Billio, throwing themselves to the floor with gay abandon, looking for a penalty that he refused to give. And I actually thought fair play to him on that. Yeah, he wasn't having any part of it, was he? Mm. No, he wasn't. And I'm really glad about that. Right, enough about Spurs being Spursy. Um, I want to talk about Eden Hazard being on fire. In fact, he's a fire hazard. Oh, it's all right. I'm here all week. Oh, cheers, um, cheers, listen, there's a there's a couple there's a couple of I know, I know. I I, I worked all hard, uh, very hard at that one all day. Uh, listen, the first thing I want to read out is is something that I I, I discovered on Twitter, as you do, um, which I uh, which I didn't realise actually. I mean, it's funny, isn't it? You get feelings about players, and uh, you know, I, I've had this feeling for a while that actually Hazard does step up to the plate when it counts. Of course, we 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 still haven't in my book quite yet found the replacement for Drogba whose you know ability to to score goals in the biggest of games was I think very instrumental in us being successful as we were for 10 years but just listen to this this is these are Hazard's goals against big teams he scored four against Liverpool well you know not that big a team to be fair Uh, five against United four against Spurs four against City and three against Arsenal I mean Seb that is that is just quality by anybody's book, isn't it? 
Well, no, he's he like I said earlier, he 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 is the the best player to watch in the Premier League. Um, it, it's I know people always the thing is people nowadays they always you always have to compare them to Messi and Ronaldo. Like, why can you not just enjoy the player we've got and we're we're seeing the best of him since he's been at the club? Um, he, he's got everything. He's got the pace. He's got the he's got a low sense of gravity. I think yeah, maybe he could be a little bit more selfish. But I, I think Conte said it today in his press conference. He does he, he doesn't want selfish selfish players because we wouldn't be where we were we where we are now if he were more selfish. Maybe we wouldn't have scored as many. So I think I think Conte's brought the best out of him, and uh, I'm just happy that Hazard is here. Uh, I know there's rumours of him going, but I think he it's difficult for him to go because, I have to be honest, in the Champions League, he has disappointed. If you look at the goals he scored, he scored, what, two goals against Maribor, penalties, I think. So I think he, he needs to step it up on the, the European stage. And I think at Chelsea, he'd do that. Whereas if he went to Real Madrid, I think he might get lost in the lights. I think it was Michael Ballack a couple of weeks ago who said he'd get, he might get lost with all the big players around him, like the Ronaldo and Bale and so forth, where I think at Chelsea, he playing European football again, he, he, I think he'd step up his game even more. Mm. I tell you what, you know, it was it was interesting seeing him interviewed afterwards, uh, making a, a point that this is my first final with Chelsea, if which is true, isn't it? I think. What about the Europa? Was he around then? Anyway, yeah, whatever. He, he, was, he got he got he got injured in the. Yeah, yeah, that's injured. right. Yeah. Yeah, so definitely it's it's his first FA Cup final, that's for sure. Yeah. I'm just going to read you out, guys, because actually this picks up really interestingly from what you said, Seb, and it, and it appears that uh, Fabregas doesn't entirely agree with Antonio. Uh, and this is what Fabregas has said, apparently. He says, ability-wise, there's only one player above him, and we all know who he is, uh, David Chich. Sorry, Messi. Uh, ability-wise, <laughs> he, he's up there, delayed reaction. Come on, troops, get up, up your game. <laughs> Uh, ability wise, he's uh, ability wise, he's up there with the best. Look, Jonathan, there's laughing and there's taking the piss, mate. Uh, anyway, ability wise, he's up there with the best. Said Fabregas. I've told him many, many times he needs to be selfish sometimes and have that killer instinct to score goals, and then he will be whatever he wants to be. I've played with many players, and sometimes when we have a counter attack and it's two against two, and he passes the ball. I tell him, you have the capability to score by yourself. Do it. He has to do it more often. He has to be more selfish sometimes, as all top players are. I hope, and I'm sure, he will improve in the future, and then he'll be unstoppable. Um, it's hard to disagree with that, in a, in a sense, isn't it, Alex? Yeah, completely. I have said, I've said it before on the, on the blog and on here, that the only thing stopping Hazard from being the best player in the world by a country mile in the next couple of years is his own brain, basically. And whether that be with the brain fart of last season where he lost interest and went and got fat and didn't do very much, or whether it be this mentality that Fabregas is talking about where he's not selfish enough. Because, I mean, let's take a look at Ronaldo. The guy is a repulsive human being. I'm not saying you have to be that bad, but to be as good as he is, he doesn't give a crap what anyone thinks. He doesn't give a crap if all his teammates hate his guts. He is Ronaldo and he's going to do what he has to do to make Ronaldo look awesome. And that's, that's another thing that might stop Hazard. I think Fabregas is right. He needs to be more of a dick mm. sometimes. Well, what do you think, JK? I mean, you and I are experts on being dicks. Do you think Hazard <laughs> needs to be more of a dick? Uh, I, banana. <laughs> Sorry, just, just being a dick. Um, uh, 
I think uh, he's a really nice guy, and I think Alex is absolutely yeah. right about it. Is that is that um, um, uh, Ronaldo is clearly a, a complete egomaniac, and I've yet to see that about. Um, mm. About uh, I can't ever see Hazard making a full life-size cast of his own naked body and playing it in gold. No, put it that no, way, which no. Ronaldo has. Yes, he has indeed. <laughs> yeah. As has Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think somebody else did that of him, didn't they? Just to mm. to humiliate him a bit. Um, but um, uh, and Messi, he hasn't got that. Um, uh, he was done for tax evasion, wasn't he? He hasn't got that uh, <laughs> that that tax evader's mentality. No, he he doesn't as yet. Um, I think he needs to get into a slightly stronger team because at the moment he's our best player. Whereas surrounding him in Barcelona, he's got some. Uh, um, Neymar is completely brilliant, and and Sanchez is mad, but um, but nonetheless a, a, a terrific cheating player. Um, so I, I think he needs to have. Uh, be very interesting to see if we bought uh, Suarez, I should say, rather than Sanchez. If we bought Suarez, uh, bought Sanchez next year, so there was another person. To, interesting to see how, whether they could both, um, whether he could then be allowed to be selfish. Mm. At the moment, at the moment, he he plugs into the whole. Uh, I think, as you said, Chidge, the whole team ethos. I think he does that. But actually. but you know what, J.K. On that point, there's the wonderful Dalla Bonner's beautiful hair, and I have to say, actually, mate, I, I don't know what your real name is, but I I love some of the avatar names that people have in here, and I have to be honest and say I was in love with uh, Dalla Bonner's beautiful hair, probably <laughs> slightly more than I was with his footballing ability. Um, but I <laughs> yeah. do remember I remember a cracking goal he scored in the last few minutes so we, we beat the mighty tractor boys Ipswich 2-1 and that was probably his finest moment in a Chelsea shirt which doesn't say a lot <laughs> um, but anyway um, it the, was. the wonderful it, it, was. it was wasn't it yeah anyway Dalabona's beautiful hair says for, this is the Conte quote he says for me it's sad when I listen to this he's obviously listening to the show uh, that one one player must be more selfish to reach the top level this is not my idea of football. I never will understand this. Never. In my team, I don't want selfish players. I prefer to lose a game than to have a selfish player. Interesting point, Alex. Yeah, for for a team, yeah, as a team person. But you, if you're asking if we think Hazard can be the best player in the world, I don't think you can be the best player in the world without looking out for number one. I don't, I'm not saying that's right, but I'm just saying that you're a better player if you're thinking more about yourself. And, I mean, that works for Ronaldo and Real's setup. It works mm. for Messi in Barcelona's setup because everything revolves around them. It's not like that with Hazard and Chelsea. All right. Well, I, I'll just say one thing to shut this one down so that we can move on. The one thing I personally feel about Hazard is somewhere in between would be, be useful. The number of times I've seen him in a position where he could beat a player and score... And he doesn't. He stops and he looks to bring somebody else in, or he 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 kind of goes to the penalty area and then goes back on himself. I sometimes I just really get frustrated with that and wish he would just be a bit more direct because I think I think I think there is an element of, of what Fabrica says that is true that he has so much ability he can take on players and he can beat them and it would be just nice to see him do that a bit more. But I mean, who what we we're not complaining. I mean, my God, the guy's wonderful. What I would say very very quickly just to kind of wrap up on that bit is that. Um, the interesting thing is, is that actually Costa and Hazard, who both came on on 60 minutes, I don't think had that much of an immediate impact. It was Fabregas who had the immediate impact on that, wasn't it, Seb? Yeah, I, I thought um, I, th- I thought Fabregas was instrumental. I think did he was it the um, the sort of cutback to Hazard, who then passed it to Matic for the goal, and obviously for the for the set piece as well. It was his his corner. So yeah, it's. 
We hadn't had a corner till. He yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's right. Spurs were much better than us because we only had one corner, and then he had about yeah. five hundred and three. Eleven. They had eleven. Or eleven. Yeah. I was never very good at maths. Thanks, J.K. <laughs> you I think we, me and Joe Tweeze talked about this last time I was on the show. We talked about Fabregas, and we said he there's, he's so good with the ball. There's, there's so few players who who can pick a pass, or not only see the pass, but actually deliver the pass as well. But it, there is there is the question is. Without the ball, which we don't, we have less possession than a lot of teams at the time. What does he affect the game enough? Is he? I know he sometimes he does like a bit like Deli Ali. He does have a, a bit of a nasty streak as well, so he's not scared to put his foot in. But it's about his positioning. Is he in the right position when we don't have the ball? And that's my only criticism of him. But with the ball, I, I, I've, I've, well, I've only, I've been watching Chelsea twenty years, and I don't think I've seen many. Players of his ability to spot an I uh, well uh, uh, a pass which few players can actually do. Yeah, no, I agree totally with that. Um, right, okay, we've waited long enough. Uh, the time has come. The time has come for us to lose our shit and expunge whatever fluids one needs to do at a moment when you see Nemanja Matic, a man much derided by the uh, Chelsea Twitter faithful. Uh, but what an absolute thunderbolt! There have now been there have now been two occasions at Wembley where we've played Spurs, where we have scored against them, and I have laughed rather than just merely celebrated. And I've got to, I've got to be honest with you. I was wrapping the gods uh, on Saturday, and I was I was wonderful actually because I was with Stu Norman and Pablo and and Mike, and uh, so three out of the four of us were kind of pretty much fan cast originals. And I've sat next to Stu on nearly every semi final since we've done the podcast. And he is clearly a lucky charm. I mean, anyway, when that goal from Matic went in, our end personally fell. I mean, we were, we were, what did they say on Twitter? AOTS. Wasn't that right, Seb? <laughs> Arms um, all over the, no, oh, uh, limb, limbs all over the plate, or shop, yeah, that's limbs. it. Arms, limbs. Limb, limb, yeah, limbs all over the yeah. shop, that's the one. We were limbs all over the shop. It was just yeah. mental. But we laughed, we were laughing. It was happening again. Spurs are basically going all Spursy. We've mugged them off, but... Jonathan Kidd, I mean, you've been watching Chelsea two, possibly even three times longer than me. Have you anything ever seen anything quite like that? Well, I have, actually. Um, I, was, I can think of one goal, which I bet you you pick on, but go on. Uh, was it Drogba against Blackburn, I thought was pretty no. uh, similar. That was no. that, that was um, good. I was thinking was Aussie against Arsenal. What, the volley? Yeah, the, the goal of the season. It just went like a yeah, tracer bullet. Yeah. It didn't. It didn't deviate. It didn't dip. It just went straight into the back of the net. Not as good as Matic's. Not as good no. as the. Well, there the, we go. The, the drama. The drama of it hitting the underside of the of the angle and and going in there. I thought that was brilliant. It was, all, it was. Yeah, also, it was. It, I think. I think he's 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 had a bit of a bad press with his shooting. I know yeah. he he frequently hits the corner flag, but he he shoots from further out. He normally shoots when we're we're you know two one down against Palace and. Uh, um, <coughs> and just having to have a go from somewhere under pressure. In this instance, the ball had been worked so beautifully and Spurs seemed to be incapable of closing anybody down at the end of the area. He actually had uh, he had a bit more room than he normally does. And he has scored, he scored one like that before. He scored it last year. Um, uh, I can't remember where it was. And we, we um, 
it was away. He spanked one in against Everton. Was it either Everton yeah, or City, yeah, that wasn't was it? it. Yeah. it was against Everton. Well done, well done. Yeah. So he is capable of doing it. As I said, he's um, Benfica against Porto. He did one as well like that, which he said was his best. But, uh, but you know, good luck to him. Great. I mean, it completely destroyed them. Oh, God, the joy <laughs> that I, I had of that going in thinking, oh, you've all put your shirts over your head, haven't you now? All you Spurs fans. Oh, God. Well, the, be- the best, the best, the best, the best one, J.K. was. I didn't know this until I got home, and and somebody kindly put it on Twitter. But right, right, and I, and I saw it when I watched it on iPlayer yesterday. But the minute that went in, they cut to the Spurs crowd, and some bloke, some horrible Spurs was going. You could see him mouthing, "Should we go home then?" And that kind of summed it up. Should we go home? Yeah, go home. It's all over. Piss off. You've had your day out. F off home. Apparently, you could then watch Wembley Way, and it was just thousands yeah. of people just disappearing. But, oh, that was very nice. Of, very nice of the beat. Very nice of the. Yeah. It was a wonderful goal. A wonderful moment. It was just as if to say, "You've been completely sucker punched, haven't you? You haven't dealt with us bringing on these three great players." Well, um, Costa was a great player the first half of the season and uh, and you haven't dealt with it at all and you've been stuffed like I'll just make another point quickly which is that I know that everybody says that you know Spurs are great and all over us and all we do is sit back a bit but we have done we are capable of doing that we're capable of of soaking up a lot of pressure and scoring and it happened against uh, City and it's it's um uh, at home and when uh, uh, we're quite good at it, so this this constantly, you know, everybody going, oh, we were all over you. Well, you go, well, yeah, but I think he's he tactically allows for that occasionally. He says, soak it, come on, we can do this. We're good. Very at Italian, it. very very Italian, isn't it? And that's yeah, that's why Spurs have only scored three goals more than us in the league. So yeah, yeah, we exactly. Really sit back that much. All right, listen, guys, we got to, we got to move on. I'm going to save the praise of uh, Kante uh, for part three, but uh, just a very quick plug for the Kerry Dixon show, which is becoming much loved by those that listen to it, uh, largely because it's a show that I do where I hardly speak. What is not to love about that? Right, uh, now, anyway, it, it, I record it on a Thursday lunchtime usually, and it comes out in the afternoon, so uh, make sure you download it via Acast, iTunes, and SoundCloud. And of course, this week, Kerry and I will be talking about the uh, the semi final that we've just seen, as well as report the first chance to report on the Southampton game tomorrow night before the fan cast next Monday. And um, obviously, we'll be looking ahead to Everton as well. All right. So after the break, uh, we're going to discuss what I like to call two sevens clash as Chelsea showed their Wembley class whilst Spurs continued their losing streak at Wembley in the semi finals. And we'll ask whether this will cause uh, significant psychological damage to their title, title even challenge. Let's hope so. See you in a sec. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chidge, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> It's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. 
Oh, wow, great. Uh, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Right, welcome back. Uh, this is the Chelsea Fancast. I am Stamford Chidge and I'm joined by my lovely mates uh, who are, in no particular order, they are Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Oh, hi. And they are the lovely erudite uh, football agency type chap, my friend Seb O'Mahony. And last, but by no means least, uh, they're all getting fired for the crap kind of responses to me introducing. I don't know why I bother. I'll just carry on saying, I'm Stanford Chid, bollocks to the rest of you. You don't count. Of course, this is not true because I've also got in the house the wonderful, I have to say, actually, uh, in, in the, in the, actually, you know, this is, uh, I, I, I seem to like enjoy these bits for me waffling on at the beginning. I think this is going to be a thing on the show from now on. Today is the 24th of April. Right, uh, Friday is the twenty eighth of April. That would be the ninth anniversary of the Chelsea Fancast. Mm. How about that? We will be we will be nine years old in terms of me doing the show. There were a, there were a few weird ones before with DJ and Kelvin Barker and Cliff Organ and a few other people like that. But it's the ninth birthday of when I took the show over. And I have to say, Alex, in the nine years I've been doing it, you have been one of the, the freshest uh, breaths of fresh air that we have had on the show. So it's so lovely having you on. Oh, thank you. So I just tell you, though, you know when I went to France last week at Miss the United game, I ended up babysitting a load of people's kids over the weekend for some parts of it, and they nicknamed me Sweary Poppins. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. I've got a T-shirt. Anyway, look, before we get back into the meat and two veg of this uh, this oh, little showette here, um, I just, we, we, we need to pick up from where we left off because we, we kind of waffled on a bit and we, we forgot to say uh, a massive, massive congratulations to the lovely uh, N'Golo Kante, who's won the PFA Player of the Year. I mean, all, all I have to say is three things, really. How thoroughly deserved it is. I mean, what a superb player he is. He is the man who has absolutely made the difference. Uh, but also, what a lovely down-to-earth guy he is. He's so self-effacing and humble when he was interviewed. He makes me want to weep. I think he's wonderful. Um, and, and doesn't he do Chelsea immense credit for his whole demeanour and everything about him? I mean, what a player. Jonathan, you first. Oh, well, um, 
it's interesting how it sort of crept up on us as the season's gone on about how completely brilliant he's been. Because um, at the beginning, you just thought, oh, he's a good player, isn't he? Yeah, he's very good. He played very well last year. He's, he gets about a bit. Then he realised that he was actually, um, as we established, he was called the Cantic Twins at Leicester, that he was doing the work of two people. Then he realised that he, he got the ball back nearly every time. He never stopped running. And slowly but surely, we all completely fell in love with him. And uh, um, uh, and utterly deserved, completely brilliant, brilliant performer. Um, and... Uh, I mean, thank goodness we signed him. Um, we would not be in this position if we hadn't signed him, without any shadow of a doubt. He has absolutely helped us to be in a position where we um, we can win the double. He's He's been absolutely wonderful. I so, agree with that. Alex, what do you reckon? You know, you're saying about being self-effacing. I read something this morning that was brilliant. Apparently, he uh, he considered representing Mali at international level. And he spoke, I forget who told this story, but he spoke to someone and he said, do you, do you think I could 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 do it and they said well you should be looking at painting for France and he went oh but I don't think I'd get in the team they're like mate if there's an 11 anywhere in the world you will be in it <laughs> he is like seriously mm. doubting whether he'd get into the French side he's just lovely I mean, I mean and Seb, he drives he, a mini he, I was gonna <laughs> say yeah Seb he, he drives a mini and uh, it, he's just like he's just uh, you just don't get footballers like that these days or it seems that you you very rarely do i mean you 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 deal with uh, you know trying to identify kids and players that are coming in you know what is it about kante that makes him so special i think um his sort of humble background um lived in uh, grew up in paris not a particularly rough area in paris but still quite a not the not the best area to live in paris so he's always been and i think he's got several siblings as well and was the youngest one so he's always not only the youngest but and obviously the smallest as well and it's 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 great to see i mean playing i think it was eighth division french football only five six years ago it's it's it's, it's an amazing story he um he's he's really humble very quiet guy from what i've what i know uh, but obviously has a big influence on on the dressing room and uh, I think I think Leicester, I think you've seen from what happened at the start of the season with Leicester, they really missed him. And I'm not, I don't think it's, I don't think it's just this season. Although it should technically only be on this season, I think over the last two seasons he deserved he deserves the trophy. Mm, quite right. That was a lovely bit of insight there, Seb. Thank you for that. Right, let's move on with the old uh, semi-final that was. Uh, and I, I called this—I nearly called the show Two Sevens Clash," but I just felt it would be a bit too uh, idiosyncratic for people, really. And uh, and and I pre- and I preferred cock block because I think that says it as it is. Um, but actually, the reality is, what some really interesting stat I found out on Sunday, which was that, is that this is our seventh semi-final that we've won at Wembley, I believe. Uh, or certainly seventh semi-finals. Oh, I know, got it. Seventh semi-final since 2000, which means we've won more semi-finals than anybody else, I think, in that time. And then this is uh, Spurs' seventh consecutive semi-final that they've lost at Wembley. And it just, you know, I think if you want to see a dis- I think if you wanted to delineate a disparity between these two clubs like nothing else, it is that. And I think you were saying it earlier on, uh, Seb, I can't remember which one of you it was that was saying it, but, you know, Spurs are nothing until they actually get off their arse and win something. And I remember growing up, um, you know, I'm not, you know, Jonathan's got a few years on me, so he remembers the great 
uh, Spurs team from the 60s, 55 years ago, that is now. I grew up them being being the kind of the ultimate FA Cup winning team. You know, if there was ever a year with a one in it, you knew Spurs would win. There's, there's, they're just nowhere near that. And I think for me, that whole idea of seventh semi-final that they've lost as opposed to our oh, seventh since since 2000 really shows the disparity of the whole the whole two clubs, Jonathan. Yeah. 50, what is it you said? Um, uh, 57 years. Is that right? 50, yeah, 57 years. 56, 56, 57, yeah. Oh, yeah 61, 56, wasn't it? 60, 61, yeah, and they beat Burnley. Mm. One um, nil, mm. if I remember rightly. I'm afraid I watched that game. I am, I am a, um, an old codger. I admit it, um, but uh, I was very little, and it was in black and white, um, uh, <laughs> as you'd expect. Um, but uh, it made me want to actually uh, buy a Burnley shirt because because I was that age, you know, and I was confused as to whether or not you supported a team due to their um, being uh, up the road from you, or whether you actually liked the colours. So. Um, um, my father beat that out of me pretty quickly as he was a season ticket holder. I know he'd taken me a few times to the Blues and I'd watched Jimmy Greaves score lots of goals, but I have no mm. recollection of that at all. Um, but as, uh, as you said, Chidge, yeah, they're, they're, um, uh, uh, they they actually, if they win something, my worry is if they manage to win, win something, that uh, they'll end up um, uh, winning a few other things uh, just because it'll... It'll give them a kind of courage somehow, or it'll it'll ruin the uh, the curse that they're they're under. But I don't think they will. I don't think they will because I don't think they'll be as good next year as they are this year. They keep going on about how they've got great class because they they don't buy buy big players like we do and other clubs do. In actual fact, you look at it. Of course, they they splash out just as much on big players. But somehow they've got it in their heads that they're a proper club because they don't need to go and uh, uh, um, um, d- dispense with their bank balance, when of course they have to. You look at all the players they've, they've bought, they've all had to pay pay large fees for them. But no, I, I, I think they'll uh, if they don't win anything this year, I'm, I'm not convinced they'll win anything next year either, because they don't have that ingrained thing that we've got. Yeah, you know what? I'm really glad you said that, because it's made me... Uh think of something about about Spurs uh, certainly with what was going on the last couple of days they've really gone all Arsenal haven't they you know we don't buy players we've got class we're a proper club uh, you know we deserve to win because we had more corners than you it's so <laughs> bloody Arsenal I mean the the irony of, of Spurs fans becoming all Arsenal I mean I've, I've been saying for years that I think that <laughs> Arsenal are, are the scousers of, of London you know, with this fecking adherence to history, you know, pointless, point, and the more pointless football club as well. That crap. Yeah, but the point, the pointless argument about bloody history. Everybody has history. What you're saying is you've got more trophies. Okay, you won some of them. You know, eighty years ago, big bloody deal. You have not got more history than us. We have got the same amount of frigging history. You numpties. I just I'd like to punch everybody in the face who comes out with that argument because it is spurious, specious, and bloody retarded. Anyway, my rant is over. Um, but this whole Spurs thing, I, I tell you what, I, I I mean I'd be interested to hear what Seb has to say about this. But um, I I'm kind of with Jonathan. I don't think it is going to work for them. They've got to go to Wembley, which I think is going to not do them any favours. I think it's going to hit their finances, so they're not going to be buying marquee players. I think if they do get good and they win something, I think Pochettino will be off like a shot to somewhere like Barcelona or a bigger club. 
Um, if they don't I, win I, anything in the next year or so, some of their players he'll be off as well. Off. Yeah, and well, I think that they may end up selling some of their players anyway. They have, you know, they have it. It's in, it's it is as ingrained in them to be a selling club as it is us to be a machine that wins things over the last ten yeah. or fifteen years. So, Seb, would you agree with my analysis there? I think the uh, first point is I think they've got to the end of the month to decide if they're going to go to Wembley because it's still. It's still not certain they'll go there next season. So if they do go there, then they're going to have to sort of get over this, well, this very poor record they do have at Wembley because if they're going to play every game there next season, I mean, imagine losing every every game at home next season. That that would that would uh, that would be very bad. Well, for them at least. Uh, second point, yeah, I think with Pochettino again I, I think I think he's a very good manager um, mm. I wouldn't I don't agree to go to Barcelona although saying that he could but I think with his his uh, history with Espanyol being the other club in Barcelona I think he has a lot of respect uh, which a lot of managers may not have anymore for yeah. But to be fair, to be fair to be fair Seb Seb to be fair mm. that's a bit like you know having played for QPR or Brentford yeah. And then ending up managing Chelsea. Yeah, no, true. You're not going to say no. No, I, I don't think. Well, it, like like every player, managers have agents as well. So his agent will be surely be speaking to clubs about vacancies at like Barcelona in the summer. So that I wouldn't rule it out, but I'd, I'd be very surprised. Uh, but going on to that bit with the players, yeah, I think if if he were to go, then again, play, players' agents will definitely be talking to clubs because that's that's the nature of the business they they want their clients to be at the best clubs on the best money and have the best success so it, it, it's it, it all sort of relies on Pochettino staying there because if he were to go yeah they players like Alderweireld who've got a clause that I think it's 2019 where he can go for a relatively small amount uh, if they were to lose him and or Deli Alley or even Harry Kane, that they they would struggle to sort of get better players um, at the moment uh, if if Pochettino were to go. But I think I think I think I do think they will win something in the next year or two. It might not be the league, but it could be a cup because I do think Spurs' best chance of winning something is a cup rather than a league or yeah. so forth. Well, well, let's hope it's the league cup. They can have that, yeah. Alex. Uh, just to move this on a tad. Um, Given what we've all been saying, and I think particularly more, more more pertinently what happened on Saturday, and more interestingly how it happened, you know, in effect, you know, being leading twice against them with not our first team, and then cuffing them when we brought on the big guns, um, I, you know, I, I I personally think that we, we that's going to have a massive psychological impact on them and on us actually, because I think it tells us that. You know, we beat them. You know, when we didn't even pick our best team. But I mean, so do you think the momentum is with us now? I do. I just want to say that because I'm going to be smug now. So we were on our way back from a game. I can't remember which game it was, but Spurs had been one nil down. I think it was Swansea. They were one nil down, and they won it three one. And they scored like all three of the last five minutes. I'm sure it was Swansea at the beginning yeah, of the month. It was, yeah. And it was. listening to the radio on the way back on the coach was horrific. I mean, literally, you could hear the collective 
DJs on the radio beating one out over Spurs. Apparently, all these Spurs fans were ringing in and saying, the days of being Spursy were over. This is a new era, a new generation. They've got what it takes. And I sat there and I said, well, I'll give it a month. Do you know, it wasn't even a month. It was literally two weeks until they went Spursy again. And uh, honestly, I just, I don't see them going without dropping points before the end of the season. And I do think that will help us kick on. I think we, maybe you could say we were having a bit of a wobble coming into that game it yeah, hadn't been agreed. great and I just think now you've gone to Wembley you've you've bent Spurs over nothing's gonna bring you down from that which shouldn't if yeah. you're a proper Chelsea player it should be season defining well so, yeah. I I think yeah I mean I think I, that's the point isn't it because I think our confidence was waning a bit you know that was a shit performance against United we didn't get the rub of the green against Palace we our momentum had stopped theirs was seemed to be increasing you know every day the media are all behind them etc 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 and i think that this is put i think it stopped it in its tracks jk is about as simple as i can make it yes yes can i just make a couple of points can i just ask a sec um first of all seb where where will spurs go if they don't go to wembley um well by the sounds of it they they might actually stay at white hart lane while the rest of it's being done, yeah, that yeah. Makes sense. yeah. I, I, I don't think it's a done deal because they're sort of dragging it out by the sounds of it. I think they've got a week left to decide. I yeah, I, I think I think it's going to be touch and go really because it would have been if 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 they were going to Wembley, they would have said it by now, surely. Yeah, I think I think I saw that they had a week. I think they said on match of the day or on the coverage TV coverage of the semi final that they have a week to make up their mind. Yeah. Sorry, we've got to go off on a tangent there. It's all right. <laughs> I'll tell you what, pick it up with this one. Pick it up with this one, mate. Uh, because obviously we've got Arsenal uh, uh, in, in the final. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I'm sure all of us would agree that's much much a better option than having City. Uh, and of course, that hopefully means that the double is on. But I don't think it's a pushover, is it, JK? I don't think, it, I don't think we can be complacent playing Arsenal well, None of them are a pushover. The final. But, um, none of them are a pushover. But uh, um, I'm much more uh, confident <laughs> that we can... Uh, that we can find a way of beating Arsenal other than City, because I think City were were um, they were all over us for sections of both mm, games this definitely. season, and uh, uh, and they've got some fabulous players. The Silver is just uh, Silver's just wonderful, and um, uh, and annoyingly De Bruyne. Every time you watch him, you just think, well, yeah, he's a he's a terrific player as well, and of course uh, Aguero is wonderful. Um, but um, uh, I mean, uh, even though they're they're, they're dodgy in defence and I think that Arsenal have too many uh, they, and Arsenal can suffer a meltdown that's the advantage of, if they've done that so often this season if things, they seem to sort of almost sulk if they're not getting, if it's not working for them, Wenger doesn't provide a, a, another... <laughs> Don't tell me JK this game is just not working for me <laughs> So yeah so, so I, I reckon that uh, um, yeah I'm really pleased we're playing them yeah, and the double mm. is definitely on. Oh yeah. I, oh, yeah. I, I see I see you right, mate. I do I really do. And I mean I think the the other thing is, as I said, whilst I was very impressed with them on Sunday and I really, really was, I thought they played well and they defended well. Uh, they were still playing with 10 men, you know, because that absolute snowflake of the first degree Mizit Uzil he just refu- refuses to, you know. He, re- you know, there was a, there was a. I mean, I, I, you know, I've got my my lovely boss at work is a is a huge goon, a proper gooner. She, she goes to the games and everything else. She's a lovely, lovely lady, and and is very honest about her football, uh, which is good because it enables me to have an honest conversation with her rather than just take the mick and stuff and be horrible. 
Um, but I said to her, I said, I was watching that game and I said, if, if Ozil played for Chelsea, I would be leaping over the barrier to punch him in the face. He's a lazy, diffident little piece of shit. There's no other way of putting it. I mean, and, and there was a point in the game where, where Sanchez had uh, sprinted back 50, 60 yards to help out in defence and Ozil was still sulking because he'd passed the ball to them and they'd launched a counter-attack. I mean, what a waste of space. Alex, I mean, uh, do you feel as strongly as I do about this idiot? Well, like you, I have one Arsenal friend who isn't a complete moron that you can actually have (laughs) an educated conversation about football with. And uh, actually, when I was was texting him, he was at the game yesterday. And we have a thing when Chelsea play and Arsenal play that if one of us is watching on TV, he'll say, no, that wasn't a penalty. Or I'll ask, was that in or out? Do you know, you've got like somebody fast line new information. And I was texting him during the game. And um, I said to him, is it me or is Ozil as shit as he looks? And he just said back, I wish he was dead. <laughs> <That's an awful laughs> fact. I just honestly, oh, I honestly think he's been stealing. And I don't give a shit about Arsenal, but he has been stealing a living there for a long time now. And if I was another Arsenal player, I would have literally grabbed him by the back of his sad little hairdo and smashed his face off a locker by now because he just doesn't. <laughs> and it, I know, well, but it's his body language. He just looks like he's sauntering. No, he is sauntering because he doesn't give a shit. And that's not good enough for a professional football. Footballer. And he's launched his own fucking clothing range in the last few weeks. There's like pictures of him modelling baseball hats with his own initials on. Mate, don't tell me. Out. Don't tell me, Alex. Alex, it's got a warning on it. It's got a warning on it. Please do not wash. It may disintegrate. Exactly. <laughs> Stop dicking around with a clothing line and worry about your main occupation, you bellend. No, I'm completely yeah, with quite. you. Sure, no, answer, good on yes, you. Jidge, I totally agree. He's a knob. Well, I'll tell you what, though, Seb, that, that aside, I, I you know... Uh, I, th- I get this feeling that, you know, uh, we're in the box seat uh, to win the title. You know, it's ours to lose. We win all our games. We win the title. Um, and now we've got Arsenal in the final of the Cup, a team that we've mm. dominated for so, so long uh, with a manager who's still... Well, I mean, OK, I'll, I'll give him some marks for changing the, the back three, but he, he still really doesn't give a damn how other teams play. He goes out to play like Arsenal. So I think tactically Conte will have one over him. So if we don't do the double this season, I got this feeling that we only really will have ourselves to blame. Yeah, I, I, I just going back to the, the final itself, I think we will be favourites, um, and rightly so. Um, we'll play our usual formation, and hopefully, hopefully Arsenal play this new formation because... Although it's played well against Middlesbrough and City, at the end of the day, we've sort of with the masters of it, really. So they they can try their best against us in that formation. But I think we'd, we'd pick them off with the players who are used to it. Um, I, I think that. Sorry, I think there was a stat about the Middlesbrough game when they first used it, where Middlesbrough, who are like the naffest scoring team in the whole mm. league, I think made 15 chances against them. And they said, they called it before kickoff. They said, if Middlesbrough are making 15 chances against you, then mm. a better team is going to absolutely destroy you. And City didn't, for whatever reason, yesterday. I do think they were hard done by with some decisions and things. But yeah, I think you're right. If he plays with this three at the back, the I, I don't want to say, yeah, we're going to win it because no. it's, it's tacky and nasty. But, I, yeah, you're right, Chidge. I think we've, we'll only have ourselves to blame. Mm. Mm. I think so. Which is wonderful, isn't it? I mean, you know, and I mean, I, let, let's not count our chickens yet. We've all been around the block long enough not to do that. But, I mean, you know, the thought, the thought of having the opportunity 
to get our second double within seven or eight years. I mean, Christ. I mean, I, I, you know, I remember when we won the double with Carlo, and 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 I had there were there were blokes that were ten years older than me, so they would have been in their mid fifties then who were in tears because they said, I can't believe that I've just witnessed Chelsea do the double. I thought I'd never see them win. I thought I'd never see them win the league in my lifetime, let alone the double. And they were weeping. I mean, it's just insane. It is insane what has been happening to this club for the last 15, 20 years. It really is Billy, Billy bonkers. But there you go. Um, actually, talking of which, that's a good way to kind of end this, this section on really. Um, you know, it's it was really interesting going to Wembley. I don't know how you lot felt, but I, I'll be honest with you. I got out of got out of uh, Wembley Park, and that whole feeling is still there. Walking up Olympic Way, I just felt really privileged to be there and not taking it for granted. Realizing how special it is to come to Wembley, in spite of the huge amount of times that we have, Jonathan. It's it. it I think I did, is that a Chelsea thing? Do you think that we we don't take it lightly or what? Well, it was very interesting watching the. Um the Spurs supporters go, going down Wembley Way when it's divided, um, all going manic and uh, and, and uh, brandishing uh, wanker signs at all the Chelsea Chelsea fans who were just <coughs> rather nonchalantly strolling, not very many of them at the time because they'd either got there early or going to get there a slightly later because it didn't mean that much to them. So I, I just felt uh, um, they were in that kind of... Uh, heightened state that we were in in 1994 when we got to our first cup final um, since 1917 and uh, um, and there was a kind of manic feeling about all the Spurs fans and there we are going uh, yeah we've done this a few times actually mate and um, and we're not uh, uh, we're not really uh, we're not caring about it that much um, but I no I, I it's a it, it's a it's a wonderful um, it's a wonderful occasion and it and it's also just shows how brilliant the FA Cup is actually because uh, and also the game that it provided was brilliant. It was a brilliant game for the for the neutral, wasn't it? I mean, let's be honest, it was uh, it was remarkable. Six goals and uh, and ebbing and flowing and surges and you didn't know which team was going to win it. I, I, it was great. It, it uh, but um, uh, it's just lovely then to be with thirty four thousand people who've stayed till the very end and are are completely ecstatic about the fact that their team have uh, have put one over the, on the spuds. I just uh, I enjoyed it. Apart from one um, ludicrous thing, which is that I was in an area where we were attempting to sit down, but of course, as usual, we have the uh, the the idiocy of the two youths who insist on standing and just gazing at the Spurs. Uh, fans for the whole of the 90 minutes which I, <laughs> I i don't actually get i don't get that shit i'm afraid did you have the one that stands there going sing up everyone and you oh, think, oh yes i've seen oh, you yes. in my life before just piss yes. off yes he he uh, <laughs> he faced us an enormous amount but then but then also i was watching he clearly had taken a lot of charlie because he yeah, then, yeah. He, he it's then, always a cokehead, isn't it? He, he, he drooped, he drooped a bit and disappeared for about fifteen minutes, <laughs> and then yeah. did exactly the same thing in the second half. So this is unbelievable energy from this kid, <laughs> who always is a big bloke, who then towards the end of the game started taking videos of himself. <laughs> Uh, in a circle with the fans, not the showing the fans himself. And every time one got... in front of us standing on the chair, and they didn't yeah, watch yeah. twenty minutes of the first half because he was trying to wave to his brother yes. in another part of the Chelsea. Yeah, end. yeah. <laughs> we had that as well. We had exactly that as well. And I actually, the girl next to me, I should say, the rather mature woman, 
put her hand on his shoulder and said, do you think you could possibly sit down? Because we're not actually interested in you waving at your mate. Is that okay? Yeah. <laughs> because we're watching the football. I pushed football. the guy in front of me off his seat. I didn't care. It was just like I waited so long and then he sort of leant forward to do a wave and I could see his balance was going. So I just shoved him in the back and he went down. So, and then he... I, I am bemused. I'm utterly bemused by this inability to watch the game. <laughs> It completely does my head in. In fact, well, I took... I took you concentrate on the game, John, uh, when you could just take photos of yourself at Wembley? Oh, God. I, I, I took Mike Canaris, who's a mate of mine. I don't know if anybody on Mixer or anybody knows. He wrote Blue Day and Blue, T Blue Tomorrow. It wasn't Suggs, despite what everybody says. I've had a conversation with some idiot in a pub once who said, no, mate, that was Suggs. No, Suggs sang it. It was written by um, this chap, Mike Canaris. And I took him because we both did the Honey Nut Loops ads together. <laughs> <laughs> honey Nut Loops, let's loop together. Hi, I'm Sydney Nutty about Kellogg's Honey Nut Loops. And we did that. And we did 10 of them. And he's been a big mate ever since. And I took him and he's a, he loves the blues. And he wrote Blue Tomorrow and Blue Day. Great, great guy. And he said to me, he said, uh, I can't believe it. He said, we come to watch this. He said, these completely used another word. These, <laughs> these people here. He said, what, why, why won't they watch the game? We're, we're, we're watching our team beat Spurs again. It's a wonderful occasion. We've had a brilliant goal from Matic. We've had a brilliant goal from Hazard. We've, it's been a great, great occasion and a great day. And there are people just standing up, trying to get us to sing all the time, not <laughs> looking at the match. What the fuck? And I, I know. All, all right, Jonathan. Jonathan. Sorry, I, I, I've, I've, no, I've mate. Gone. No. Sorry. I, I, it's very, you know, basically in, 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 in true Graham Chapman style, I'm afraid this show is just getting too silly. But no, that was a brilliant, <laughs> brilliant. That was a brilliant rant, mate, I tell you. I have to say, actually, that was one of your finest. And you know what, mate? I absolutely... I absolutely concur with you. But the reason I stopped you is I've got to get these quick plugs out well, before we go um, to yeah, sorry, four. Sorry, yeah. Chelsea Supporters Trust. Uh, join the trust. Get your voice heard by the club. It's five quid to become a voting member or free for non-voting members. You can sign up at ChelseaSupportersTrust.com so uh, you can attend the meetings, come to the events and vote on the issues that directly affect you and make sure you get your voice heard. And, of course, you can follow them uh, at Chelsea S Trust. Uh, and while we're on the subject, CPO, something very close to all of our hearts. Uh, if you want to own a little bit of Chelsea and protect the future of the club, go and buy a share in the Chelsea pitch owners. Uh, of course, own the freehold of Stamford Bridge and whose aim is to ensure that football is played at Stamford Bridge forever. Uh, and finally, uh, how do you get a share? Well, it's easy. You basically pay them around 100 quid, a bit over that. And uh, you can email info at chelseapitchowners.com or check out chelseafc.com forward slash fans forward slash Chelsea hyphen pitch hyphen owners and you can follow them on Twitter at pitch owners and I do believe you can buy them in instalments too so it shouldn't you know, if a hundred quid's a bit of a large ask then you can spread it out now uh, finally I think uh, the next issue of CFC UK will be available I think probably in about a week and I think that I think is the last one of the season. I'm not not entirely sure, but anyway, uh, as you know, if you, if you want to get it, you just rock up to uh, the CFC UK stall opposite Fulham Broadway on a match day. And if you can't do that, then you can get it online uh, digitally by subscribing at cfcuk.net. If you're in the USA, uh, follow at CFC UK USA, and they can get you a hard copy or contact Dan Lundberg on Twitter at d underscore right. 
after the break, uh, we got a quick. Uh, Alex is going to talk about her walk, not not quite what you think, uh, and we have loads of emails from all over the world. See you in a sec. Fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea Football Fancast.com. Right, welcome to the Chelsea Fancast. Should I say, welcome back to the Chelsea Fancast? It's a uh, Home straight, part four and all of that. Uh, we've got some fantastic emails for you tonight, which Jonathan's going to read out. Of course, we've got Jonathan on the show. We've got Sebo Mahoney and we've got the lovely girl who likes balls, also known as Alex Churchill, on the show as well. Uh, now, before we uh, we talk to Alex very quickly about what she's up to, uh, just a further plug for uh, the new, newly installed uh, bench for Peter Osgood, which uh, the Royal Bur- Borough of Windsor have uh, organised and they will be unveiling a Peter Osgood bench in Osgood Park in Windsor on the 29th of April, uh, which is a Saturday at 11 o'clock. All Chelsea fans, past and present, are all very welcome and congratulations to uh, Royal Borough, Borough of Windsor and Councillor Ed, uh, of, you know, who's really very much behind sorting this out and they do, they do look after... Uh, Peter Osgood, who of course is a son, was a son of Windsor. Anyway, enough of that. Right, Alex, um, you very brilliantly reminded me that I, we should give uh, what you're up to in the summer a plug. So you yes, have free reign. <laughs> I think you might you might want to rephrase that, but so, anyway, off you go. I'm going to stick with that. Okay. okay. Uh, so I don't know if you know, but Charlie, the uh, the beloved Chelsea fan, he of the Cherokee nickname. Mm. Uh, he and I are with his son Lewis are walking from the Dead Sea to Petra in Jordan in seven days uh, to raise money for Veterans in Action which is the military charity that you see often collecting outside Stamford Bridge with blue and yellow wristbands they look after ex-servicemen and women who aren't doing too well either because of physical wounds or mental issues and they help get them back into life through things like the thing we're doing so physical activity and trips and sort of giving them sort of bucketless things to do to to get them back into life basically so we're raising some money for them so cough up everyone please <laughs> and where and where where and how do we support your wonderful very worthy effort i have to say my love i mean it's uh, it, it doesn't it doesn't surprise me of you you are an absolute cracker but uh Tell us where we can support it. Anyone who knows Charlie, we're going to a Muslim country with no beer, guys. Seriously. Oh, oh man. <laughs> Charlie's got to go dry for eight days. That deserves wow. a donation more than anything else. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I've just tweeted, actually, on the Girl Who Likes Balls Twitter thing, a link, because um, we're using Virgin Money Giving because they don't take a cut like Just Giving do. They let you have every single penny for your cause. So there's a link mm. there to the page that we've set up. If you if you tweet that at uh, the Chelsea, you know, if you tweet Chelsea Fancast, Alex, I will retweet it so the peeps get to, get to see it. Not saying that you, you don't have any followers, but we have quite a lot, and it would help. Yeah, no worries. Lovely, do that. That's brilliant, my love. I wish you all the best with that. Um, hopefully, we will speak to you. When you remind me, when are you off? That's November, so you've got a while. To oh, it's eight, ages, yeah. Oh, Christ, we yeah. could be plugging it yeah. for. I was going to say, exactly. I hope, hope, I thought you were doing it in the summer, so. Uh, no, no, That's I okay. think that would Good. actually kill us. They've chosen yeah, the temperature when we go is like 24 degrees every day. But um, All right. yeah, more than anything, feel my pain because there's a list of everyone who's going with us and they start to send you details around and there's a scouser on it. 
Goodness that's me. I think double on that, your donation. On that, on that sad note, we'll move on. <laughs> but no, good luck with that. And we'll keep plugging it. Right, JK, email time. Uh, this is from the, um, uh, the excellent Alan Gavaran. Oh, Gavarin, I don't quite know. You must tell us, Alan, how we pronounce your name. Gavarin. Uh, Dear Chidge and the boys, what a game on Saturday. One of the best games I've seen in many years and quite different from some of our recent great achievements. You may recall that I wrote earlier in the season saying that Roman should just request one bloody big medal for Antonio if we win the league, as it will so clearly be his triumph, much more so than his players. Well, with regard to the semi-final versus Spurs, I want to make the opposite argument. When I saw the team sheet, my first reaction was that Conte was prioritising the league over the cup. I felt he decided that Spurs are playing much better than us right now, very much the form team and breathing down our necks in the league. There's no way we, we can afford to lose against Southampton in a game coming very quickly after the semi-final, and therefore he decided to rest Hazard, Costa and Fabregas. Of course, he may well have decided to drop Costa after his poor run of form, and deservedly so, but the clue is him picking Mitchie up front. We know he's limited confidence in Mitchie, for example, when he went with Hazard up front against Leicester, but given that he wanted to rest Hazard, he had to pick Mitchie. I've no doubt that Antonio is a managerial genius, and I'm his greatest fan, but I think he started the game not expecting to win. The goal after five minutes, made in part by a brilliant flick from Mitchie, changed everything. Suddenly, the option of bringing on our three most dangerous players in the second half when the game opened up looked like a brilliant plan. And of course, Antonio was clearly playing the percentages, but I'm sure he had a bit of a smile to himself when it all developed the way it did. But back to the players. Let's be honest, we were under tremendous pressure for much of the game and Spurs looked the better team for a large part of the game. But our boys dug in with a legendary Chelsea resilience and really ground out the victory. Going through the team, Dave was his normal brilliant self. He really deserved this victory in his first game as captain. Luiz was fantastic and even better after the Delhi Alley incident. Tony Glover said Luiz plays his best when he's under the cosh, and I totally agree. Look how much he smiles when the pressure gets so high. Our fans will have been delighted with Ake's performance, really confident and assured, and much better in the role than Zuma, who's still a favourite, especially for his reaction to Matic's goal. Yeah, that was great, wasn't it? <laughs> Thibaut couldn't be faulted for either goal, had a big stroke of luck with Kane's back-spinning free kick at the end. Alonso looked a bit out of sorts post-virus, but Moses had one of his best games. Kante, what more can you say? Matic was a bit overrun by Dembele and Wanyama at times. No disgrace there, but he picked a great time to pull out a worldly. As an aside, when asked if that was the best goal he'd ever scored, he said, no, the one I scored for Benfica versus Porto was better. Well, I just Googled it and I think I agree. I know he scored a great one against Everton, but for someone who has goals like these in his locker, I hope Conte gets the keys to his locker and gets him to score a few more in the future. Pedro was not at his best, but helped make the first goal, and he puts in a real shift tracking back. Mitchie didn't do, didn't do too badly, but I doubt we see the best of him in this system, as he can't hold the ball up like Costa. He showed great attitude trying to take the penalty, but thank God he didn't, and William stepped up. <laughs> yeah. Bloody hell, thank God, yeah. I'm so pleased that William played really well. He's been unlucky to lose out to Pedro recently, but the Spaniard has been in great form. To score two crucial goals in such an important game was richly deserved. Finally, the super subs, well, at least Hazard and possibly Fabregas, qualify for that title. Costa was still a bit rusty. 
what it must have felt like for Spurs to see these three come on and then to realise that Hazard was really up for it. At the end of the day, I thought the team played really well with our backs against the wall for such a large part of the game, and they displayed the strength of resolve that was the hallmark of the great Chet Terry Lampard Drogba team. This was the first time I felt that we might actually be witnessing the development of a squad to rival our greatest ever team. Obviously, Conte is the person who can make this happen, particularly with the right purchases this summer. But I thought Saturday's victory was richly earned by the players. Every last drop of it. Alan Gavarin at Rootless Cosmo. That's his Twitter handle. Lovely letter. Absolute quality as as always uh, from Alan. He's I'd lo- I, he, he's well. I mean, you know, I, I could say this about everybody who writes in and, and and people who listen. I'd love to meet them all for a drink, but I, I particularly like to meet Alan. He sounds such a bright and an engaging chap, doesn't he, J.K.? Yeah, yeah, fantastic, and good points as well. Very similar points. Nailed it. I mean, we we could have read that out and all gone home after five minutes. That'd have been the show. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Good stuff. You do the next one, Kunle Andrewin. Um, who, who, by the way, we spoke to last week. This is why this is a pertinent email, his response to our response from last week. Good stuff. Hello, gentlemen. I didn't introduce myself properly last time. I'm not an Indian, LOL, but you guys did a great job pronouncing my name. I'm Nigerian in New York. Oh, oh, I'm an alien. I'm a legal alien. I'm a Nigerian in New York. I hope you had a great time watching the great CFC thump Spurs again at Wembley. I hope the score would be 5-1, but it was a nail-biter till we pulled away at 4-2. Kane and Ali scored great goals. We mostly scored with set pieces on limited possession, but who cares? I felt elated when Matic scored his goal, having said he needed to take more shots in my last email. You guys owe me one, eh? Also, great to see Ake shut down the left side of defence. He looked assured and comfortable, so should provide competition for Cahill on a long-term basis. Mitchy contributed and did a job. Happy he got playing time and hopefully will improve. Diego, however, still looks off the pace, but I won't whine since we still won the game. Do I need to mention that Hazard is a world-class player and bossed the game in latter stages? Does water turn into ice when frozen? Easy to say when he's not playing under Herrera. I'm surprised Pochettino didn't use the same Mourinho tactic to kill Hazard's influence. Well, I think it was a bit late by then, wasn't it? I still wonder why Conte was so subdued during the, the United match. I suspect he was a bit confused that his enforced changes for Alonso didn't work with Aspi on left wing back and then right wing back and with Hazard not able to breathe. Any thoughts on why he was so muted? Did he also have the virus? The whole team was so subdued, I smell a rat. Did Mourinho serve our team a cup of chamomile tea before the game? Mm. Look forward to the game with Southampton. We've got enough to win it, but you never know in this league. Southampton is looking to climb up to top ten and may not lay down and die. Squeaky bum time. Let's get this done. Cheers, Kunle Andrin. Very good. Um, well, indeed, I, w- I want to know what the significance—the uh, significance of chamomile tea—is. Seb, do you have an answer to that? It makes you sleep. Does it? Yeah, it helps you go. I think I believe it helps you to go sleep. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not a tea person, so the wrong person. It's not that it tastes like piss, then, or anything like that. <laughs> it's something that maybe they drink at Arsenal. <laughs> oh yeah, no. The, only a latte version at Arsenal. Oh, yeah, crack an email, that. crack an email, J.K. from Kunle, isn't it? We, we got it. Ho- I got it horribly wrong last week. I, I do apologise, Kunle, but uh, well done for correcting us, and uh, we don't mind a bit of that. 
Um, now this is a, okay. I mean, that, those two are about the games, really, Jonathan. We've got a whole whole stack of them that are kind of you know mem- walking down Chelsea memory lane or whatever we want to call it. Have we got two seconds for something he said in his email? Yes, we have, Alex. If it's for you, anything. <laughs> Just to say, in response to he saying that Conte didn't quite look at it and he looked rattled, I think you would have to be completely inhuman not to be feeling the strain right now after the Palace result and when things aren't going your way and you've got Alonso puking his guts up after you've worked all week on your formation and Costa's not right and Moses isn't right either with it I just I just think you'd be nuts if it wasn't getting to you a bit but hopefully Saturday yeah hopefully Saturday has put paid to any uh worries and they all feel a bit better about life now so yeah I didn't realise that Thibaut had torn a ligament as well. They, the, the medical staff did wonderfully to get him back within uh, 10 days. But they're, apparently they're not doing any more um, uh, um, ads for... Uh, I bet they threatened him. Can you imagine? You, one, we're annoyed at you for missing one game with uh, an injury you picked up filming a basketball ad. But two, and I'm going to slap you about. That would have been the way I'd gone with it anyway. I would have threatened him into playing. I think I think he uh, was surprised that he'd come back so quickly. He said the, and it was hurting him that they he'd taken a lot of painkillers and the adrenaline that kept him going. Um, but ten days for uh, for a um, a tear, Achilles tear is uh, sorry, Achilles a, a, a tendon is really rare. Blimey, they must have put him. Ibrahimovic will be on the phone yeah. begging to be treated at Cobham soon. <laughs> All right, you two, can we can we read the next email out before we run out of time? Guy <laughs> Winston. Um, Hello, boys. What a season. What a stress. When will our pain end? This has been a great season up until the Palace game. And now suddenly it's the most stressful season ever. Last season was a pain, but like a toothache, we got used to it. And in fact, it was mildly amusing how shit we were. And this ultimately led to us rebuilding into the Goliath we are. But let me put this into context. I'm a lifelong fan who was born uh, as our pre-premier greatest team won the FA, FA Cup, then Cup Winners' Cup. And by the time I was conscious of who my team were, we were rubbish again. One big stand and a dump of a ground and team. Season tickets for season 77-80. Not a lot of joy in that. Fave game was beating Hull 4-0 after we'd already been promoted. My heroes as a kid were Peter Barota, who outdid Grobola for wacky play. He sure did. And Tommy Langley, a mildly efficient, fresh-faced striker who hit his peak too quickly and subsequently went downhill. So I suffered for countless years until Hoddle, Hullet, etc., taught us how to pass. My son's first game was a home game versus Norwich when clumsy but likeable Paul Furlong made his debut. I can say he really was terrible. This is me saying it. I think it was around the 1945s. 1945? 1945 season. The 94-5 season. He's had it good, my boy. Years of trophies trophies and success, great players and media attention. I feel like this has been good parenting on my behalf, but more by luck than by wisdom. I should say he's had it good, my boy, rather than my boy. Years of trophies and success, great players and media attention. I feel like this has been good parenting on my behalf, but more by luck than by wisdom. My main point is I've been away from the UK for the past 13 years with various work engagements, which started the week after Jose's first game versus United, in which we were given tickets in the United section now to muffle our joy at Ida's scuffed finish. 
I've never been in the UK for us winning the title. I was in the Dominican Republic for the first one and followed the Bolton game on a slow BBC link which kept failing and I had to keep buying credit from the hotel reception. I celebrated by belly flopping into the pool to the dismay of Italian and German tourists before getting drunk and singing Chelsea songs in the disco that night. I've not been invited back. I was still in the... <laughs> I was still Sorry. in the Dominican Republic for the second title. Since then, I've been in the Bahamas for cup wins and Washington, D.C. for the Champions League loss. What do you do if you're drunk and depressed at four in the afternoon and no one understands the reason or sport that has made you feel that way? Now I'm in Mozambique and have been here since 2008 for two title wins, a Champions League, a Europa Cup, although Rafa made that a painful celebration, countless FA Cup and League Cup wins. Supporting Chelsea in Africa is fine as lots of people like Chelsea and due to Samsung giving away blue, almost similar shirts to their phones, you feel that Chelsea are supported here. Although Porto, Benfica, Real and Barca dominate, they all have an English club to support, mainly whoever is doing well that season. I can't watch Chelsea in a bar anymore. I have Liverpool, Everton, United and Arsenal friends here. And the thought of watching us lose or draw is making me become a recluse and also drinking and smoking more and more. I'm like a lunatic at home shouting at the telly. We get great coverage from Premier League world. But the pundits drive me crazy. Why does Andy Townsend hate us? How come every co-commentator <laughs> dislikes it? I get Jim Beglin on every game who subtly and obviously sticks the knife in. Even when we win, he's at us. Costa cheats, Luis has a mistake in him, etc., etc. This end of season could be the end of me. And now JT's leaving, our rock, our hero, our general. I fear these next few games. The FA Cup doesn't interest me at all. I want the league and I want it soon. Our game versus Saints, Spurs away to Palace, us away versus Everton and the North London derby will decide it all. I'm locking myself away. I'm buying lots of beer and whiskey. I'm stocking up on cigarettes and I'm hoping by the beginning of May I can show my face again in public, head held high and celebrating our title win. Thanks for all you do on your wonderful podcast, a lifeline for international fans who are starved and suffer media bias against our team. Up the Chelsea, Jay Weston. Good stuff. Good stuff. That was a, that was brilliant, wasn't it? A real. I mean, well, I'll tell you what, mate. One thing that occurred to me when I when I read that before before putting it, you know, in the script and all of that, it just occurred to me. I wonder what Jay does. I mean, he travels around a lot. Do you think he might be a spy? I just, I don't yeah. care. I have no sympathy for him whatsoever. Oh, boo-hoo, I was in the Dominican Republic and then I was in Barbados. And, oh, yeah, my heart bleeds for you, mate. <laughs> I just, like, I, I'm just despair of the fact that the poor bloke has been turned into this gibbering idiot, isn't he, really, <laughs> while, watching, while watching the club. I mean, it's happened poor, to most of us, to be chat. fair. It's true, it's true. He's just, we managed to contain it, but he hasn't. He's completely, God, he's, uh, he's at it. Poor bloke, I feel for him. So we better win. We better win everything. Then he'll be okay again. Blimey. Anyway, this next one's from Ross Park. Evening all, with the news that our captain leader legend will, for the first time in my life, not be at the club next year, it got me feeling nostalgic and, quite frankly, a bit down. The show has had many emails from people telling their unique stories about how they became Chelsea fans, and I've enjoyed them all. No one has the same story, and it's what makes being a football fan so special. I'm 20 years old and from the northwest of England. Ever heard of Barrow? No, Cumbria? No, the Lake District? Let's just stick with up north. I bear all the <laughs> ingredients. I bear all the ingredients of your classic glory supporter. As I've explained to many, 
This isn't quite the case. The most common reason for supporting your team is because that's all my dad supports. I'm exactly the same. My old man is quite a peasant pessimist. So his reason for supporting the Blues is not the most romantic. It was 1970. He was a 10-year-old watching the FA Cup semi-finals. Chelsea played Watford and Manchester United had Leeds on the other side of the draw. Even at 10 years old, my dad had a pathological hatred of both dirty Leeds and Manchester United. Yeah, absolutely correct. It was for this reason that he decided whoever won the other semi-final would become his team as they stood the best chance of denying glory for the two Uniteds. Chelsea went on to lift the cup and from then a love was born. I got my first Chelsea shirt in 2002 when I started playing and started watching football in 2003. This was back when terrestrial TV had the rights to do at least some live matches, something badly missed from the present sport. I was all from present sport. I was always told by my dad that I was a Chelsea fan and we were good. We finished second that year and got beaten by Monaco in the Champions League semi-final under Ranieri. However, much to my horrendous guilt and dismay, I was not always a willing Chelsea fan. I remember a time during the 2000. 2003-2004 season that I was watching an Arsenal versus Leeds game. I watched Thierry Henry score a hat-trick. He may even have got four as Arsenal completely dismantled Leeds. I loved Henry and at that moment decided, I'm going to be an Arsenal fan. It was a bit more like that. I'm going to be an Arsenal fan. I plucked up the courage and went to tell my dad. His response was very simple. Pack your bags, he said. I was only seven years old, but he sounded serious. From then on, I've been unquestionably a Chelsea fan. I've been very lucky to have grown up watching this team, knowing nothing but success. The club has given me more pleasure than anything else in the world. The one constant up to the end of this season has been John Terry. I'll miss this man so much. The character he shows on the pitch is unlikely to be replicated. His commitment to Chelsea is second to none. He took boots to the head for this club and I'm sure would have taken them again. Our greatest ever team is now officially at its end. It's very sad. It got me thinking about an interesting question, and one I'd love to hear your answers to. What have your best and worst experience been as a Chelsea fan during the Terry era, excluding Munich, as it's too obvious? My worst experience was the Barcelona semi-final in 2009. We didn't have Sky for a long part of my childhood, so I listened to the game on the radio. I was sat in my bedroom on my bunk bed getting angrier and angrier as we were denied penalty after penalty. We'd outplayed the best team in the world, but were beaten by the referee. In stoppage time, a Balak shot was basically caught by Eto right in front of, of Ovrebo and nothing was given. I burst into tears. I punched my pillows. I threw my bedding at the wall. I almost fell off my bed. It hurt like nothing before or after. My best would have to be the Napoli game. I watched it with my dad and spent the whole 120 minutes shaking and sweating, jumping up and down and going ballistic every time Chelsea scored. It was so fitting that the old guard all scored, having been written off earlier in the season under AVB. After that game, my optimistic mind let me believe we had a 0.1% chance of winning the entire thing. I hope we can give JT the send-off he deserves and we can see him lift at least one trophy at the end of the season, one last time. Here's to a bright future and a new era under Antonio Conte. Regards, Ross Park. Terrific. No, yeah, yeah, another another top 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 email. Very quickly, J- very quickly, J.K. What's your uh, f- what was it? Favorite and least favorite moment? Well, 
Well, I, I would go with the same that he's done. I think uh, for really? the, uh, the worst, the Barcelona semi-final was the most unbelievable, yeah. appalling piece of referee uh, that I've ever seen. Um, uh, best, um, well, for me, it has to be the uh, um, the 97 final because we, we'd so starved of any, any success whatsoever and all I did was, was cry all the time. So. Oh, brilliant. I mean, yeah. yeah, that's proper. That is now a good one. I would, I would concur with you about uh, Barcelona because... I mean, I, I sit up at the back at Gate 17, as you all know, and, I, and you know, I, I was so cross. I, I almost, you know, <laughs> stage-dived into the uh, Matthew Harding lower so I could get on the pitch and kill over, bro. I was that <laughs> incensed. I have never been more angry and punchy at a football match in my life. And I am a peace-loving man, as everybody knows. Um, the best moment, I mean, there are so many. You have to say the Champions League final, because it never will get ever better than that, ever, 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 ever. Uh, but although I'm quite enamoured of winning the title in 2005, even though I wasn't there, but I did end up in Fulham Road with 3,000 Chelsea fans getting drunk and shutting it down, and, and I ended up dancing with Paul Cook from the Sex Pistols in the Imperial. That's quite a highlight for me. Uh, anyway, enough. Alex, very quickly, your favourite and least favourite? Least favourite is that Barcelona game as well. My yeah. brother, the only rage he can muster by the end of it without actually getting thrown out because he's actually a complete pussy and wouldn't have wanted to get into trouble was to take the uh, free flag they gave us and throw it on the pitch and then like about three other people. And he did because he's a girl. He didn't even get it on the pitch. It just kind of fell at the front of the Matthew Harding lower. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> I think actually, do you know what, Bess? Obviously Munich, but the four-all with Liverpool. Again, I was with my brother and we had done the other leg. And I don't remember anything about the home leg because the guy behind us in the Matthew Harding lower was smoking such a pungent spliff that I have no <laughs> idea in what order the goals went in. The next thing I remember after celebrating, having won it, is standing in a 24-hour Tesco's with my plastic flag, rubbing it on Lionel Messi's face because he was on the front of Pro Evo, whatever it was, and, and trying to make him kiss the Chelsea flag. Whilst we Brilliant. secured munches, I don't know what the guy was smoking, but that that was awesome. I like that a lot, Seb. Uh, uh, the last one to you, my dear boy. Worst and best moment? Um, I think Barcelona has to be the worst. I had Barcelona fans sitting next to me as well, which made it even worse. I don't know even know how they got into into the West Lower as well. Um, so that that was that was gut wrenching. I, I I left as soon as they scored. I, I was. That was just terrible. Um, in terms of best, God, there's so many. I, I, there are all of them, I think. Yeah. I'll tell you what, actually. Um, what, what, in terms of a best moment, and I know it's not yours, and I'm not. I don't mean to hijack it, but it's a good opportunity to mention that tonight is, in fact, the anniversary of that wonderful goal by Ramirez in the new Camp, uh, and of course the Fernando Torres, Gary Neville, ah, believable moment. And uh, it was really lovely to see Ramirez tweet uh, earlier on that it's the greatest moment in his life, which is just really lovely. So there we go. When he scored um, right. that goal, our sofa ended up in the garden. Nice one. Jonathan, <laughs> let's do it. Let's do this last email. I, we're going to run over time, but you know what? I don't care. I've had such a good time tonight and it, I just want to get it read. So there you go. Off you go. Maintaining the, the brilliance of the, uh, of, um, the cast of the... Uh, of the show this is from sydney in australia i just love the fact that this is from all over the all these exactly. are from all over the world it's it's brilliant testimony to the, the how good this show is and uh, oh. all down to you Chidge. all down to oh, you yeah, yeah. here we go as i always uh, say it would be a shit show if it was just me on my own mate and you know it <laughs> uh, this is from phil tran 
Uh, hi, Chidge and the gang. I've loved Chelsea since 1997, but have not been a true blue since 2005. Growing up in Australia has sheltered me from the game that I've grown to love so much. My first memory of football was getting a copy of FIFA 97. Being eight years old, I had no idea who any of the teams were, so I, I chose based on the fact that my favourite colour excuse me, was blue. This was the beginning of my Chelsea experience. I knew nothing of football, but I enjoyed playing with Mark Hughes up front and pounding in the goals. What a great player he was. I began to enjoy watching the game during the 2006 World Cup, where Goose Hiddick took the Australian team on a miraculous run to the round of 16. Staying up till early morning, trying to keep my voice down when we scored, trying not to wake up my parents, running late to school, I fell in love with football. I grew up watching rugby league and cricket, and Chelsea were my team when anyone asked me about soccer. But for, unfortunately, Premier League TV rights meant that my family and I were not able to afford pay TV or internet as I grew up. So I was only able to get a glimpse of Chelsea in the newspaper or watching highlights as they were shown on the news. It still saddens me that I wasn't able to watch those historical Premier League games and uh, League and Champions League moments that you and JK remember so fondly. Yeah, wonderful. Now that I'm older and have a decent job, I was able to watch the highlights at work during last season. And this year, I've got access to our games live every week. I've watched every Chelsea game live this season, season even at 4am in the morning, even if it meant being sick for work the, rest, the next day. I read Chelsea news before I sleep, read more during my lunch break and then again before I sleep. As much as my love for Chelsea grows with every passing week, so does my personal life. My wife has been talking about having kids soon, which means I may not be able to afford to go to London to watch my team in the flesh for quite a while. But her knowing how much I love the team, she's let me travel with the London is Blue boys to go to watch the game against Middlesbrough as my last hurrah before we settle into family life. My question for you guys, what do I need to do on match day at the bridge to make the most of what could potentially be my last opportunity to watch my favourite team? I want to thank you guys for the great work you do on the podcast. It grows my knowledge of our team every week. I also want to commend our team for the fighting spirit we've shown to prove the critics wrong from the start of the season when United and City were the talk of the town and no one gave us a chance. I hope I'll grow many more great memories of our beloved team as the years go by and look back at them with a smile as you and JK do. Sorry for the long email. In Conte we trust. Up the Chelsea. Phil from Sydney, Australia. Brilliant. The Chidge, what will you do? What will you do when you take him out? What you got to Well, take I was going to say, I, I, well, I mean, that's the thing. I, th I think that, you know, it's only my view. You can do what you like. But I think if you want to make the most of it, I don't know how long he's going to be going over. But let's just stick to the match day, shall we? I think the match day, he's got to do what I do. It's as simple as that. <laughs> so, you know, si Simon, Simon says, Simon says, go to the uh, CFC UK store and hang around there for half an hour or so, and you'll meet a lot of very interesting people, uh, some of whom you'll know from the show, some of whom you'll know from Twitter, some of whom you'll know from reading CFC UK. Buy some uh, CFC UK merch and a, and a fanzine. Hurry up, it's only a pound. Uh, and then go to a few of the pubs. I mean, I think if you're going for the first, you know, it might only be your only one. I'd, I'd try and go to quite a few. And I mean, there are so many different ones. But I mean, we all go to the cock uh, because we like the cock. And there's a load of good people out there like Tony Glover's usually in the garden with me. Clayton's quite often there. Dan Silves, quite a lot of the fan cars boys, plus people like Tim Rolls, Rick Glavell, really good boozer to be in. 
Uh, and then More go. And don't buy... They have elderflower tonic as well. They have elderflower tonic. Well, there you go. What I would I say, though, uh, hang on a minute, John. He needs to wear a T-shirt that's got his name on it. He's got to, so he gets introduced. Or he needs to meet somebody. You can introduce wow. him to everybody. Well, oh, I, well, I think we'll, we'll 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 do that anyway. The other thing I would say though is whilst have a have a lot of you know a lot to drink and really go for it, uh, don't drink too much because if you if you're only going to see Chelsea play once, you really want to try and remember it, you know, and and and, and savor every minute of what you see on the pitch. One of the great regrets that I have. And I, and I think that I've just got a, a rubbish brain and it doesn't work like other people's do. But I, I, I invariably don't remember much about the matches. I've just got a rubbish memory and I drink too much. And I, and I love talking to people like Jonathan and, and Kelvin Barker and all sorts of other mates that I have who, who just kind of encyclopedically remember every minute of the games that they've seen and can, can talk about it 40 years later as if it was yesterday. And, and that's a, that is a regret that I have. So, you know, make sure you remember what you see, savour every minute of it, win, lose or draw. And then afterwards, go to some more pubs. There's loads of other pubs we all go to and, and drink like a fish. And then just He's go Australian back. He's Australian though, you know, so I feel you're flogging yeah, you know. a dead horse with the don't get too drunk thing. Exactly. But, I mean, look, I think the key thing is, is, is enjoy the pre and the post match as much as you enjoy the match because actually that... I think is the is 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 a very Chelsea way of, of of watching and enjoying the football. That's just my view. I don't know. I'd be interested to hear what the others have to say. I'll meet him and drag him round the pubs. Yeah, yeah. He'll never he'll never make the game if you do. What about what about you, Seb? Would you concur <laughs> with all of that? Yeah, is, is it a Monday night? Isn't it as well? Is he is he coming on Monday? Well, it's a it's a Monday night game, isn't it? The Borough game. Is he is coming to the Borough game? I missed that. I don't know. It, I, you, yeah. you may well be right. Yeah, yeah, Monday? it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a Monday night. Oh well, so. Phil, if you if you're if you're at the Borough game, then you must meet me. You know how to get hold of me. Just tweet me or something, and 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 then I'll try and meet up with you. I I won't be on on the piss that night though, because if it's a Monday night game, I have to drive back to Winchester, so I won't be uh, on the pot. But uh, you can uh, guide don't know that. Don't know that st- I can guide him. I, well, I can even, be his spirit. Even if you win the league that day. Well, well, yeah, well, yeah, might, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Oh no, yeah. Oh, well, I've got clients down in Hampshire. Sleep in the car. Well, I, I, I sleep. I sleep in the flat. I sleep in the flat, mate. But I'll have to yeah. be. Yeah, it's all getting very complicated. Phil, whatever <laughs> happens, we we will meet up. We will meet up. And anyway, Nicky Kilduff's nailed it. He just says, "I agree with Chidge. I like people who do that. Uh, when you when you rarely get to go, the time for real drinking is after the game. Enjoy the game first. That's a very good point, uh, and actually, that's a very good point, uh, really, for the show because we we really we should go really because we've outstayed our welcome massively. Can we just laugh all... at the fact that someone's accused you of being wanked at games <laughs> in the chat room? I, th- I, I think for <laughs> I think I think for yes, you are wanked at games. Yeah, I think for the, for the in, for the in, for the interests of balance, uh, Alex, I think he means wankered. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I've never, I've never, I've never ever been, I've never ever been that lucky before the match without having to pay for it. That's all I'm saying. No comment. No uh, comment. And no comment. Exactly. Right. Enough, you rotten lot. Uh, we love receiving your emails, as you've just found out, uh, because we've just gone at least five minutes over budget uh, by by reading them out because we love them so much. Uh, so, and, and as you know, we always try and read them out, uh, no matter how many there are. 
So you know what to do. You send them to chelseafancast at gmail.com before Monday, and it will be done. Uh, right, that is all we've got time for this week. It's been great fun. Do not forget to download the Kerry Dixon Show on Thursday when Kerry and I will give our reaction to the FA Cup semi-final against Spurs, the first chance to discuss the result against Southampton tomorrow night, and, of course, a look ahead to next Sunday's match against Everton. Two mahoosive matches coming up that we absolutely must win to put those Spurs Muppets back into their North London box. Simple as that. Right, I will be back next Monday night together with Jonathan. Uh, plus what I have put here as mystery guests, and Alex, who tweeted me earlier on, said, Chidge, you don't know who's coming on next week because you haven't done the schedule yet, have you? She's absolutely rustled me totally, and she is right. So... It being that Alex is here tonight and Tony is still in the chat room, you two may be first on the list for next week's show. Would that be all right? Smart buddies. Yeah. God help help me for bringing these two together. I better do a schedule quick and change it. It's fate. Yeah, it'll encourage me to get a schedule out to split you up again. You know, you know what I'm like. Uh, but anyway, there will be four people on the show next uh, oh, he's in Monday. Oh, Ah, he's doing a Bonnie Tyler. We're saved. I better ask somebody else then. Don't worry, there will be four people on the show. They'll be fantastic as they always are. And as indeed they have been tonight because they have been the wonderful, wonderful, wonderful Seb O'Mahony. Far too long uh, since we've had you on the show. Really lovely having you back on, mate. Thanks for having me, and uh, yeah, I'm sure I'll be back before the end of the season, hopefully. Bravo! Yeah, well, I will. I will ping that schedule out, uh, you know, sometime this week, and we'll get that sorted. Seb, Alex, you absolute loon! Lovely having you on the show. <laughs> love it. Thank you. Yeah, it's great to have you on the show, my love. And as always, J.K., you have been splendiferous in the extreme. Joyous, a joyous show. Well done, chaps. Been great fun also, tonight. When you introduced Alex, you said a breast of fresh air. <laughs> you need to thank Bertie as well because the second he heard your voice, he just fell asleep on the chair and he hasn't made a sound. So hang on, I've got the interruption from. Oh no, I'll, I'll, I'm, I was going to read something out, but I won't. Anyway, uh, yeah, brilliant having all you guys on the show. You've been fantastic. Now, don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at Chelsea Fancast. Me at Stanford Chidge. Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, uh, Alex at CFCGWLB, and Seb at Seb O'Mahony. And of course, check out the website, ChelseaFanCast.com. Many thanks to the wonderful Chelsea Fancast bloggers. Keep those coming too. Right. Many thanks to my brilliant guests this week. It's been great fun. Thank you for listening, all of you lot out there, the, particularly the Mixler peeps. See you next time. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it Chelsea. Up the Chelsea! It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. 
Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. shopify.com slash work.